This episode of Off My Shelf contains coarse language and adult conversation. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Tracy James and welcome to Off My Shelf, a podcast about movies that are well off my shelf, where we go through my DVDs and talk about the movies in my collection. In this episode, Alex Cook joins me in talking about two films that are so 90s it hurts with Magnolia and Mallrats. Welcome! Hey! These were a very strange juxtaposition. Yes, they were. Like, even by the standards of your podcast, very strange juxtaposition. I mean, I think I've had Stranger um, because, like, at least, like I said, like, these two movies are just, like, so quintessentially 90s, like, for, like, a 90s drama and a 90s comedy that I was just, like, these are just so 90s. Like, I'm there. Yeah. Slingshot back in time. Yeah. My favorite thing was in uh, in Magnolia with like the flip phones and people were just like, I don't know where these people are and I can't do this. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, just call them and like, oh, they don't have just, okay, never mind. Gotcha. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. Technology cha- has changed the trajectory of cinema a great deal that way. Cause like plot points that used to be totally reasonable are now just like, okay, you're just being stupid. Come on now. It's like, very true. Yeah. You know, cell phones of, gotten rid of so much of the drama from previous generations although i do enjoy the way that like not specific to these movies but the way that the world of movies just like collectively decided answering machines still exist it's like every movie is like a slight alternate universe where answering machines are still a thing so they can hear messages yeah which still really confuses me because nobody i know leaves a voicemail besides my mother anymore um, and everybody yeah. else is just yeah, like, if they call the, the few times people call, they'll call. If I don't pick up, they just hang up. But I'm like, all right, that's just fine. Cause people know they don't people yeah. listen to messages anymore. Right. Text or GTFO. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I must admit I am old school. I don't mind. I do freak people out when I call them because usually I'm just like, Oh my God, what happened? What's the emergency? I'm just like, I just, it was just easier for me to call right now. Like, Oh Ew. Oh, it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, unless I'm like in the middle of making plans with somebody and the texts are really going sideways, I'm like, I almost never call anybody. I mean, other than my parents, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. obviously. Um, yeah, like like watching um Philip Seymour Hoffman and um oh. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, no, it is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, it is Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> I'm just like there's there's a couple of Phillips in that movie, and I was just like, uh, whatever. Anyways. But watching him run to buy Hustler to find the phone number for the telemarketer <laughs> to get the thing. I was just like, open laptop, Google phone number. Yeah, I that scene is so great where he orders the stuff and he orders those. And then the woman's like, yes. Yeah, so did you still want the bread and the peanut butter? low key offended like I don't think he got it because he's like in his mind he's on this like pure mission and she's just like okay buddy peanut butter whatever like <laughs> it's true she probably gets 90s, calls all the time I, 
Yeah, in the 90s, I worked in a video store, which was like a neighborhood one, not a blockbuster that had a massive porn section. So like the squirrely shit porn dudes did in the 90s. I was kind of an expert. (laughs) Subtly browse the candy until the dude cashier is open. Like (laughs) I used to work with a guy on Friday nights and like the line dispersion was hilarious. The two of us used to just like smirk at each other all the time. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, we see you, bro. (laughs) Oh, what could he possibly be doing? I do not know. Well, that's odd. You don't want to step up to the next available cashier? I wonder why. It's like, I don't care what you're renting unless it's like a particularly funny porn title. Like, I don't give a shit. Like a good goddamn. Yeah, a good. I find the best ones are like the pun titles. Mm. Those ones are always great. Thank Um, God. The first time that I ever caught a glimpse of weapons of ass destruction, I was returning (laughs) it because I literally fell over. (laughs) The coworker was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I was sitting there with like my arm on the edge of the return box, just like cackling. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, you're returning (sighs) it, but I'm like, no, you work there. Therefore you're sending it over to back to the distributor or whatever. Right. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Somebody dropped it off as a return instead of me, like going to pick it off the shelf to rent it to somebody and then completely losing my dignity and destroying theirs in the process. But it's a great title. It is a great title. That's why I laugh for five minutes. But porn guys don't like that. No, no. <laughs> another they, thing I learned. They need to be taken. They don't very like it seriously. when we laugh, no matter how justified. We'll leave yeah. their uh, ego anyway. intact and stuff. I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so my question to you is: What did you think about your rewatch of Magnolia? that's a good question so i loved this movie like i saw it in the theater when it came out and i bought a copy of it which obviously i couldn't find i had to pay to rent it for this because that's just my life um i there were things that i still loved about it but also i forgot that it was just like anxiety the movie so like 10 minutes in, I was just like, oh, good God, what have I done? (laughs) Why did I agree to this? And then, like, the two and a half hour mark, I was like, okay, this is like, this has been rad, but we're like, we're basically wrapped up, just one more thing. And then it was like, there's still another, like, 35 minutes? How? Why? So, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I had kind of feelings about it. Yeah. That's one thing I found with this. I thought it was for what it was i thought it was way too long like i really did like yeah and there, like there's some really amazing stuff in there you know like there's i had sort of forgotten because tom cruise just like plays tom cruise's avatar now in every movie so like which i mean it's a shtick and he's like banking it so you know go buddy go but like i forgot that he's actually a really good actor <laughs> like so good that scene where this is father at the best. I was just like, oh, I don't even want to watch this. It's so painful. Like, my God. This is one of those movies where, because like, like, like you said, like Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise and everything now. Like that's, he's yeah. just Tom he Cruise. He has a right? shtick and he sticks to it. And like, yeah, got speed, bro. And, but like, even though this was like in the like middle of his like fame, you know, which he's still yeah. famous, we get it. But like, 
you don't see him as Tom Cruise in this. You see him as the character he's playing, which is what people want and what people go for. And I was just like shocked. I was like, oh, I forgot, you know, like the reason why he's famous is because he can he can do the thing. He's like he can very talented actor. And like this movie, even like at the time was a major departure for him, right? Because he Mm -hmm. was like the clean cut like blockbuster movie star. And then he does this whole like despicable vulgar role that like because like okay let's be real i have a mouth like a damn trucker and there were a few times where even i was like clutching my metaphorical pearls with some of the stuff that came out of people's mouths in this movie like oh yeah i just like turned into john c Riley and was like ooh, language so <laughs> <laughs> like that literally never happens to me usually yeah. people are doing that to me so I mean, they they did say the yeah, C like, word way too many times for my liking, and I was just like, yeah, I get it. But yeah. can we can we his not slogan? I don't, I don't want his slogan. Okay. Yeah, respect the cock, tame the cunt. It's mm. like, well, that's certainly to the point. Okay, yes, yes it is. <laughs> but yeah, you don't expect to see it coming out of his mouth. And like, I think the last Tom Cruise movie that I actually watched was probably when I watched Interview with the Vampire for this podcast, which like. <laughs> That did not remind me that Tom Cruise is a good actor because, oh, my God, like that kind of scenery chewing is supposed to be British. But anyhow, like, yeah, nobody yeah. in that movie reminded us about good acting in any way, shape or form. So no, it was just a festival of failure all around. I mean, it's <laughs> a delightful one. And I love it. But like, mm-hmm. nobody's I mean, putting that top of the resume. Very little Kristen Dunst was very good at chewing scenery the right way. To be fair, yeah, she was actually like the most qualified person in that movie. And she was 11. So <laughs> <laughs> she had to kiss Brad Pitt and she thought it was gross. That's so. what an 11 year old is supposed to think. Correct. Yes. A plus. Uh, No, I agree with you. Like I find like most of this movie, I forgot how intense this movie was. I don't know why or how. Um, Like I remember there were like serious parts of it because I know it's a drama. It's P.T. Anderson. Like I I get it, but I didn't expect myself the whole movie to just be like, this is upset. I don't know. Mm, I can't. What? What's the? Oh, mm. like the, the yeah. whole thing kept happening the whole time, like well, throughout the whole movie. I yeah, I remembered it being very intense, and like I remember watching it in the theater and being like so angry because I went with a group of friends, and the people who were sitting on either side of me were both like fidgeters who were just like twitching and sighing like this is boring the whole movie and I was just like at some point I was like guys seriously like shut the fuck up and stop moving I'm trying to watch a film like (laughs) oh my god so like I sort of like vaguely remember but I didn't really remember how that like manifested Mm -hmm. so then yeah some of the stories storylines I was like oh yes I remember this and the others like the thing with Julianne Moore I was just like where is this going like I've seen this movie like probably half a dozen times and I have no idea like what's happening here I honestly did not remember the toad rain at the end which because I was like, oh that was one of the things I did remember because I was sitting there going like isn't Julianne Moore supposed to be in like an ambulance at some point like What's yeah. happening? And then they show like the clear street, the ambulance is going by, and the cu- the guys waiting at the light. I'm like, oh, that guy probably hits her. And I was like, no. What is, what is <laughs> that? Would not be very PT Anderson of it, would it? <laughs> yeah, no. it can't be quote unquote normal. No. Yeah. Yeah. So do we want to get outlandish. straight into the frogs, or do we want to like put that off? Because oh no, we can talk about the frogs because like 
Because I under I understand. Okay, this is what I got from the movie that the movie is actually about like no matter how strange coincidences have to be to come together to make this like weird thing happen the weirdest things can always happen right and i think the frogs happen because they're just like it's just a perfect series of events happens frog rain that's what i got out of it right and it's about like these you know people like colliding with each other but i like i don't know why he picked frog rain it could have been lots of things but like the reign of frogs is biblical right like and it's a threat like it's it's part of the the threat against like pharaoh to release the people you know so like i don't know there's because it's not a particularly religious movie they just sort of like borrowed this incredibly religious i don't know i tried to look it up because obviously when i saw it in the theater i just had to like make my own conclusions because google was like not so much a thing exactly just be like what do the frogs in magnolia mean but then i tried that today and i read a couple articles and i was just like well this is extremely pretentious word salad and i have no further answers so (laughs) you're 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 googling things from like film students well yeah like i read a couple explanations and i was like i like i it's like i reading comprehension isn't an issue i have particularly but like those words literally don't mean anything in that order like you're just talking for the sake of it yeah but I'm, (laughs) i'm pretty sure he at some point in time he's just like I picked frog ring because of this. We just need to well, find that I mean, thing. It, well, he did actually specify that it was in reference to like the biblical plague. And oh, like, okay. Whatever, and which is sort of like a wake up call of like the, your current behavior is unacceptable. And if you don't change, like bad shit's going to happen. And the frogs are one of the bad things. So like for all these people, they're all sort of like at a crossroads. Right. And this is like a wake up call. Just like, hey, you know, pay attention and do better, which. OK, fair. But also like. Why is it raining frogs? And also, why did it rain a gun? What was the deal with the kid? I have. I was confused about the gun. I was. And I was just like, this doesn't make any sense. That's the thing. If they hadn't done that, it would have been like, okay, this could be like a climate thing. That's like a coincidence, non-coincidence. And I can like kind of roll with it. But as soon as that gun showed up, I was just like, okay, this is. Well, the whole thing is too, throughout the movie, they kept showing the weather, like. You know, partly yeah. sunny today, lots of rain, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. so that's why it was just like, oh, no, it's just like a perfect storm of weather fronts that caused this thing to happen. So there's like a tornado over a lake yeah. somewhere. It came this away and it fell. Yeah, like the scuba you know? diver thing. Who was yeah. Patton Oswald, which was hilarious. Which was so, like, he showed up and I was like, it's Patton Oswald. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> Same with Clark Gregg. Yes. Because like, oh, <laughs> I looked at him a few times and she was like, is that Clark? right is that and then i you know imdb there's that one shot where you're just like oh that's definitely clark (laughs) yeah everybody is in this movie it's wild i mean i guess so many people and like very famous talented people in very tiny roles like what alfred molina had what like a minute 37 seconds of screen time or something it was like you cast him for like one conversation i mean you know good great and he yelled Dang. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt like Luis Guzman played Luis Guzman, which I thought was hilarious. Because um, if you look at the credits, that's himself. I mean, to be fair, that's like kind of his shtick. That's true. I thought that was really funny, though. That's not, that's not the first or the last time he's done that. Um, I, I must admit, though, like I 
greatly dislike everybody in this movie except for the kids. Stanley, I think Stanley is. His oh, name. poor Stanley. His father Stanley. is terrible, and also yeah. not Bradley Whitford, which is confusing. <laughs> yes. Because I will admit I was doing something else when he first showed up and they're like having the conversation in the car. And I was like, oh, I didn't remember Bradley Whitford is in this movie. And then I like the next time I turned to the screen, I was like, oh, imposter. (laughs) Another guy. Yes. Yeah. It's the pod person version of him, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I think one of my biggest problems while watching this movie, which made me even more uncomfortable, surprisingly, is that I just didn't like anybody. And I was like, you guys oh, all suck. Are terrible. Yeah. But like, like my biggest, like, but usually in a movie like this, there's something redeemable somewhere about these people. Yeah. There was nothing redeemable about anybody besides Stanley. And I guess. Well, no, that's not totally true. Some of them. <laughs> I'm making a face. I'm waiting for everybody to hear it. following along at home. I just got some incredible side. <laughs> I don't know. I thought John C. Riley was pretty good. Like, no, he's an asshole. I don't like that character in any way. I think he's pretty clueless, but I think he's trying his best. No, he is a very bad cop who does incorrect things. <laughs> okay. Well, because okay. So we all know about like the cop propaganda on TV when it comes to procedurals and stuff. They always try to, even when they show guys a bad cop, they try to show there's a reason for him to be a bad cop, right? Which is something they clearly did in this movie in the two ways he interacts with a black woman and a white woman. Because when you first meet him, he walks into the house, he just walks into the house of a black woman who obviously, this is my house starts yelling. Now, they make it, okay because there was a crime committed on the premises literally a body in the closet yes. yeah and yeah, no, okay like, no you're right that scene is pretty brutal you know but when he goes into the white woman's house yes he knocks aggressively but he knocks she opens the door and he just talks to her he doesn't aggressively walk into her apartment he doesn't push her out of the way he asks politely and yes you're gonna say oh but you know he thinks she's pretty also wrong because he is there on an official yeah no that's true but also like he was called to one because the music was too loud and the other because there was a violent fight so he's gonna go in differently i'm not saying that his behavior was correct because it wasn't obviously but also like yeah and like asking her out was a bit skeevy for sure yes yeah but so how come he didn't know she was coked to the gills (laughs) i guess like what i'm saying is like he's not a particular like he's not really like He's not really exactly knocking it out of the park in literally any capacity, mm-hmm. but he's at least trying. Like most of the other people in the, are not like he's like at least thinking about like, how can I be a good cop? How can I like help people? How can I like, you know, I don't want to be somebody who rushes to judgment. Like there's there's at least like some sort of internal something there, whereas everybody else is pretty much just like, no, it's mm-hmm. totally fine that I molested my daughter as long as I don't ever talk about it or like. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Women are objects and I'm going to like teach people how to be better rapists or whatever. Like, I don't know. I feel like he's he and like Quiz Kid Donnie Smith are both like they have some internal something going on, at least where most of the other people don't. Well, I think, you know, Quiz Kid. Yes, I do agree with you. He does have he ha- he does have a problem and I understand him, but I still don't like him because well, instead of a- looking at 
what he's done with his life. And yeah. yes, his parents did him wrong, but he blames everybody besides himself. Yeah, for his he's own never, actions. he's never, he, by the end of it, he's starting to think about what a positive change might look like, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. That's kind well, of the best you could, that's like sort of the best you get in this movie. Cause as you said, everybody is terrible. Yes. <laughs> but my problem with John C. Riley's character is with like the monologuing that he does by himself and the things he's doing. And, and even you mentioned, he's like, he's like, no, he, he wants to do good. But the problem is, is that he believes he is good. And but the things that he does does not show that he's good in any way because he does do snap judgments. He does, you know, take things into. Oh, there's a doggy. He does take like the wrong way to do things like, yes, you're out there looking for someone to love you and everything, but showing up at a clearly coked out woman's house and then she agrees to go on a date with you just so you don't arrest her. Like, but later on, yes, it gets, it's weird, but it's better. But at the same time, no, she's only there because she's like, I don't want to go to jail. It's, well, it's it, weird because that, like, that's kind of why she says yes. But then she's the one, like, she kind of like, she does sort of like seem to be into it later, which is odd. Which is very odd. I mean, that whole storyline is weird because, again, she's, like, obviously, like, geek to the eyeballs and he's just like, do-do-do, I'm sure it's fine. Well, he does ask her several times if she's on drugs and just believes her when she says right, no. Well, yeah, but, like, very confusing. why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, even a person who is not trained in law enforcement or spotting when people are high, I was like, yeah. that chick's high. Like, that's that was it. Also, how did they do, how did the actors make her eyes glassy like that? I was quite impressed because she looks like just they probably have like drops or something put in there but I guess I don't know there are some actors who can like make their eyes watery on cue and stuff so yeah I guess I could probably do that but yeah I don't know I was just impressed because she looks extremely high in every single time and there's no way she could have been high every moment so I also yeah. feel sorry for her because she's the only one who's randomly nude at parts. I'm just like, but also it's not necessary at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, we still haven't grown out of that as an industry all the know. way, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. She like, she, I guess she's another one who's kind of like thinking about making a change at least. Like, so I, yeah. I felt sorry for her, but I didn't like her. Well, I mean, we didn't really see anything except like coke and light hysteria. So, mm-hmm. and like her reaction to her father was absolutely sensible and lovely. Like, yes, yes. If, if your abuser invades your house and tries to talk shit to you, like scream until he flees. Mm-hmm. Go, 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 yeah, go. Yeah, and he's he's only there to get sympathy for himself. He's not there to amend or apologize. It's just no, like, no, I'm here to tell you I'm dying. Yet. And try and get her to call her mother because it's pretty awkward for him that his wife is, you know, like. Yeah. If your wife asks you, it doesn't matter what has ever happened to you. If your wife asks you if you've ever molested their child and your automatic response isn't no, guess what? You probably did. Just. Yeah. He's like, I don't remember. That is not no. That is not an answer. That is. Well, if you don't remember and she says yes, then. You you probably did. Bad news. Also, you're a children's game show host. That's so troubling. Well, the thing that made me mad about it is that that whole 
segment made me think of Alex Trebek, and I love Alex Trebek. He yeah, does, uh, he doesn't he, he would break never. it or whatever. He would never. He would but never. all I was thinking was just like, oh, game show host that has cancer who's gonna die soon. I was just like, oh, I miss. And is carrying on working. Oh, I didn't even make that connection. Thanks a yeah. fucking lot, Tracy. Sorry. No, because there were like stories and stuff like right after he died that like. Like they would be like filming his like last episodes and stuff where they'd have to take more breaks and stuff. And he would literally just cry in pain, get back up, wipe his tears and just go back to work. And you're just like, no, what is no. Um, But yeah. So that's what I was thinking of every time he came on. Like I was just like, you're a gross person. But now I'm thinking about Alex Trebek. Now I'm sad. So thanks a lot for nothing. Yeah. It's very upsetting. Yeah. The actor was excellent because you could like, even when you sort of sympathize with him, he wasn't all that sympathetic. Yeah, he died the other day. He did. He just died recently. He yeah. did. Yeah. At the I actually was is- looking. I was like, I know his face. And I was like, he's, I mean, he's like, hey, it's that guy a little bit. And I was like, yeah, I've like seen him and stuff, but I'm like, I don't know where the like impression I have of like what he sounds like. I don't know what it was that he was in that I like, you know, really associate him with, whatever. And then I started watching this and I was like, oh, it's this fucking guy. <laughs> That's probably where the imprint in my brain came from. And I'd like completely forgotten that whole storyline. Yeah. Yeah. No, I always remember him. I, well, when he died, all the articles were referring to this, but he's like, they call him like the, the best uh, guest performer on a like sitcom ever. Cause he did that episode of Seinfeld. He was Mr. Bookman, the, I, like the library cop or whatever. I'm staunchly um, anti Seinfeld. So that means nothing to me, but. Oh, why? It's funny. Also. Yeah. There are also people that, you're not supposed to like really it's a bunch of ugly people being mean to each other where is the upside that's yeah that's yeah also a lot of the comedy involves other people being embarrassed and or like eh, no no it's usually about them embarrassing themselves also bad also bad that's part of the humor of it i know and i hate it Anyone who's into know. it is welcome to go ahead and watch it, but don't try to make me watch no, it. No, because no, I I will not make you watch it, even though I think <laughs> it's great. But also, I can't argue with anything that you're complaining about because it's true. That's what it is. It's yeah. mean people being mean to each other and the people around them in a city that is hard. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't handle secondhand embarrassment, and I don't like ugly people being mean to each other. <laughs> So no, out. Arrested Elaine's, Development is out. <laughs> Elaine's pretty. Arrested <laughs> Development? Oh, I oh can't rest you. Like, I don't even have words for how much I hate that show. And I sat through the first like four or five episodes. Like, I made a concerted effort. And then it was like, okay, everybody who ever asked me about this again, like, hard no. Just fuck right off. I hate this show. I hate everything it stands for. These people are abhorrent and I'm not doing it. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I love when you say that. You're just like, oh, you know, I have to say all these mean things about the show. I'm like, no, you're saying facts. Those are facts about the show. Yeah. I don't know. People like to give me shit about stuff that I refuse to consume. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, so now I'm all like spiky about it. Yeah. People do that to me too, especially since. Like, oh, you just have to watch whatever. Like, no, I don't. The worst part is when people are just like, oh, no, you just have to watch like the first two and a half seasons and get then it gets good. And I was just like, no, uh, the I fucking don't wire. I'm not ne- I've watched the first season of The Wire like most of it like three separate times trying to get into it because I like love Generation Kill with a passion and it's the same people mm-hmm. I can't do it I can't do it that one's just ugly people being incompetent like no I mean the main uh, you- character is like completely incompetent drunk and unlikable I like, mean two you- of those I- things I can handle 
I think up. you know this is that I haven't watched The Wire simply out of spite at this point because people kept telling me it's the greatest thing ever. How come you haven't watched it? You have to watch it. And, I was just, and then I got to a point where it's like, no, right. I just yeah, want to piss all of you I off. Like not put it in the it. work and was like, no, this just is like not my thing, mm-hmm. and that does not dissuade people. So, well, that's like me with um oh Sopranos. People get mad about. Oh, no, I also did not. I watched I, a couple episodes of that. And I was like, I'm so bored. I want to die. <laughs> well, exactly. And I just had no interest in any of the content and stuff. And I was just like, I'm I'm good. Thank you yeah. very much. Walking away. But like, what are you talking about? It's amazing. And blah, blah, blah. It's that and me. Yeah. That and Lost, I think, was the other one where people got really mad. Oh, oh I got really into that show and then it betrayed me. <laughs> That's what everybody says that likes it. It's like oh, it me way or like, I didn't go. I didn't get all the way to like the real shit. It like I saw a red flag in like the beginning of season three and was like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> Is that the polar bear in the mist? No, the, bunk- fucking- the bunker the with the numbers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the polar bear chaps are one of my favorite things about that show. Why? They, had, they had no budget, so they literally put somebody in like fuzzy white chaps and made them run through a field of tall grass for the polar really? bear. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't just come up with polar bear chaps out of nowhere. Yeah. They, That's amazing. That, yeah. There was not all the fuckery on that show was in the writer's room. <laughs> all right. So thing I have to do when we're done recording is look up polar bear chaps. Done. Mm-hmm. We're going to, we're going to do this. Yes. This thing. Yes. Yep. The only way I ever bonded with, with lost was, I think it was in, this is 40 when the daughter is obsessed with finishing watching Lost and at the end of the movie she finishes and she's crying because she's so into it and she doesn't un- she understands but doesn't understand and I'm just like I get it still not watching Lost but I get you kid you, you, you're good you're good I like this well they had such an interesting philosophy because they were like because it's such a weird like conspiracy show right that they had like they had a board in the writer's room with all like the questions, like questions that the viewers wanted answered, basically like things mm-hmm. that they'd thrown out there and they weren't allowed to ask another question until they checked one off the list. Okay. It's like, okay, we're not going to like discuss what the smoke monster is today, but like, we're wondering about the backstory of this character. So like, if we want to introduce a polar bear, we have to like, yeah, knock something else off the list, explain something so that it didn't get like, so that it allegedly wouldn't get totally out of hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they talked about this and they obviously followed it for the first couple seasons. So it was like, you know, you would get a new question, but you would actually also get some information. And then they just like got away from their own philosophy and would be like, yeah, we have to answer a question. Um, Yeah. Sawyer's not big on mangoes. Next, like here, here's a whole new like (laughs) military installation on an island. And it was like, this is not, you know, I wouldn't have held you to that standard if you hadn't told me that was your standard. And now you've like just totally... Yeah, but I also heard that they had a storyline for a specific amount of seasons, but then the network insisted they do like two more seasons. And then that was part of the problem as well, because they're just like, oh, we, we, we're fit, we're, our story finishes got here. Yeah. You know, they're like, no, our story's going this way. And then there's like, screw the end there. Yeah. Throw in a bunch of stuff in the middle there and then do something yeah. on the end. I mean, they dropped the ball on a few things, even from the original timeline. But yes, having it or artificially extended did nobody any favors. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because I think especially when you start writing something like that, knowing it's got like a finite point, you yeah. write in a very specific way to hit that well, you point. Kind of right? ha- yeah, for a, a show like that, you kind of have to because like Lost was sort of like the legacy of the X Files, right? That's why it got so popular because people who love the X, who loved that kind of like weird conspiracy crazy, like mm-hmm. there was sort of like a vacuum, right? And Lost stepped into it and was like, "We have some crazy for you," and like, "We have a whole plan. It's going to be great." 
And then it all fell apart. And then it got X-Files. Yeah. <laughs> so <sighs> yeah. We're anyway, that was a massive aside. <laughs> it's fine. I don't know. Any, like, like, I any think... of the shows we just talked about in Magnolia, because there are like a million people in Magnolia. Oh, probably. There's probably there's probably crossover somewhere in there. I would not be surprised. I mean, Agents of Shield went off the rails and Phil Coulson. Oh, they went so anyway. far off the shields. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I got to like season three and I was like, I can't do this anymore. That's when I they were have, just like in I have some... aspirations to finish it, but yeah, I, I didn't. I was like the crazy, crazy fangirl. And then one day I was just like, oh God, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> what? Then they were like in like a robot universe or something where, you know, one of them yeah. was evil and there then they got out travel. of it. And then there, there was like four seasons of time travel and Quake I, destroyed pretty the Pretty much Earth any and... show can lose me at time travel. It's just like not my thing because... Yeah, but they did time travel real stupid. Like, real stupid. Like, is there just... an unstupid way to do time travel? This is my point. Like, Yes. Have you not seen Terminator or Back to the Future? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I hate all of this. I'm going to go uh, now. I don't hate it, but it's like not... It's also, it's fundamentally different because those aren't TV shows. I mean, but they are series. It, it, ish. It's not and a sing- some parts better than others. It's not like I said time cop. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, we can't we can't go down. <laughs> this is not a fruitful line of inquiry. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Let's go back to talking about dying people and how terrible they are. Yes. Again, I hate everybody in this movie. Um, yeah. but everybody I think Bad the reason- father jamboree. I think the reason why I hate everybody is because all of the actors did a great job at properly portraying the characters they were given. There's no just like yeah, there's no weak link acting wise. No, like everyone's wonderful, and even yeah, Felicity Huffman is like oh, she got me so angry. She's like she's so angry. Yeah, yeah. Anytime a boss asks her a question, she's like, oh, I don't know why they did that. I have no idea. Yeah. Like, but you know you were there. It's your fault. You know, actually, you fucked this up. But yes. yeah. Oh. And the dad made me really angry and just he prime. He and yeah, that was yeah, because there's sort of like he was one of the he was on the the unrepentant side, right? Where he's mm-hmm. like actually explaining how he like emotionally abuses his child to make money off him. Yeah. Just like just like, casually, I mean, like, oh yeah, you can't actually be nice to them. You just have to like. <laughs> but that's the thing; it wasn't oh, even God. casual. He was just like, he's like, I will give you a seminar. This is the way you do it. Just like you know Tom Cruise's character, and I'm just like, what is? Are you proud of this? Like, why are you proud of this? Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? Like, it's just, it's like, yeah, a lot of people like me and you who have you know sense. And was like, children need to be nourished and treated well, yeah. not exploited. And we're just like, oh my God, that's fucking crazy. I, but there's like, so many people out there who would be like that guy. I, I don't even particularly like children, but I want way better for them than that. Like, yes, species, yes they yes. need a lot of care and thought. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have them because I don't want to put in that care and thought. Well, because all <laughs> that happens is if you have a parent like that, you've got you end up with an asshole adult. And then you know the world doesn't need any more assholes. Thank no. you very much. No, we're full up. Yes. Oh my god. No, it's true. No, there's too many out there. Yeah. But. And it's and, but it's also kind of hilarious, like the juxtaposition with the kids and the and the parent. Because like 
the other two kids are obviously like they're kind of like following that same path right like somehow the the most like aggressively manipulative and terrible parent has like the sweetest most naive child and the other two are just like i don't give a shit about this like i just like want everything i can get from it Uh right like they're like cynical showbiz children and somehow like stanley even despite his environment is just like i just want to learn things leave me alone yeah he loves to learn but also (laughs) the other two kids on his team are doing exactly what his father does to him which is exploiting him because they don't answer any of the questions only he's answering the questions he's the one it's not a team it's a person and he's the one who's who's winning and no it all falls apart yeah he's he's their cash cow and that's and i think besides peeing himself on stage i think that's the thing that breaks him it's just like I'm a cash cow for my father. I'm a cash cow for you. Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah. Not a single person in his life who doesn't want something from him. Yeah. Or it's just and they like, can't even be like, give him like basic respect and or like, yeah. A little There's bit no. of dignity or understanding or just no. listen to him for three seconds, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, ugh. That poor kid. Yeah. Also, that quiz show was hard. I mean, I think I'm a pretty yeah. smart person and know a bunch of random shit, but I was yeah, that thing. I was like, what are you? Oh, no, 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 no. What? Yeah, no, I'm usually very good at trivia. And I was just like, and I've seen this movie before. I still don't know the answers. <laughs> shit. I mean, the opera thing, like, that's not, an, not a coincidence. I'm just not into opera, but. Yeah, but usually even on quiz shows, if there's an opera category, it's Phantom of the Opera and Aida, like, or Madame Butterfly. You just got to know uh, a couple of titles. Carmen, yeah. Carmen, that's another one. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to play an opera clip and make somebody identify it and it's not Carmina Burana, are you even a movie? But like, there's no point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that whole quiz show thing was so weird. It really was. It, it came off like super surreal, but also, even though like the movie takes place in the 90s, that set was very 70s. So it's also kind of like it felt like a time warp within the time period. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't specifically recall that about watching it the first time. But yeah, even in 99, when I saw it in the theater, like that would have been like a weird throwback thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it didn't. That wasn't like, it's like the Merv Griffin show. Like, what are. Yeah. What is happening? You know, glitter <laughs> and lights and big words. You're just like, all right. Yeah, it's like I didn't ever watch stuff that looked like this, and I was like a teenager in the nineties. So. Exactly. <laughs> Everything had already turned into big screens and stuff already, yeah. so it just made no sense. I mean, to be fair, the only show, like game show, I ever watched was Jeopardy. But me too. Well, no, I've watched a cut above. Yeah. No, I've I've dabbled in a few of the others, but no, Jeopardy's the only one that stuck. I love Jeopardy. Uh, yeah, the others just don't appeal to me, and like even Wheel of Fortune, like I am comically bad at that like i can't do crosswords i can't play scrabble i suck at wheel of fortune like Mm -hmm. all the english major vocabulary in the world and i'm just like "Mm, nope no no no. (laughs) i don't i i have no idea (laughs) okay at at wheel of fortune but it always surprises me how quick the contestants are like they'll have like three letters on a board that has like 50 letters on it and there's like a z a q and an r and they get it i'm just like what are what how how are you doing this this is crazy yeah we we never watched it in my head but like i bet my mom would have been a whiz at it because she's like the queen the queen of crosswords Ah, she's just she like sits down with a pen and is just like 
And I'm like, yeah. the, every, if she's doing crossword and I'm in the room, I'll add, like, I'll get questions like, what's like this member of One Direction's name? And I'm like, oh, I know that one. But like three in one crossword is my limit. <laughs> and I don't know that one. Otherwise, I'm like, I don't, I, mm, I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think with Wheel of Fortune, it's the visual aspect of it. Like they don't give you a clue as to what it is. Like, sure. like they say it's well, it's, it's a, a category, thing. isn't it? They say it, no, yeah, but they say it's a thing. That right. is everything. Oh, that is not helpful. Like it's like a lyric or an expression or something. But like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. I'm yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm very bad at it because of that. I'm just like I don't know. And then they're like muffin tin. Like how did you what? <laughs> There's an eye on the There's screen. A single eye and somehow, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, with Jeopardy, I'm Stanley. <laughs> with Will of Fortune, I'm Donnie. Yeah, that's the way it is. Hmm. Um, there was one scene. Okay, first of all, we have to talk about Amy Mann's soundtrack or music, um, because this like, like made her a household name at the time. Like people were just like. I know who Amy Mann because the songs in this movie have become so popular, even though they're all depressing. Ugh. Ugh, I hate them. I hate them so much because I don't hate them. I just hate that they make me feel things. Exactly. (laughs) It's true. Like her songs are so manipulative. Like it's crazy. Yeah. They're ugh. But there is one scene though that um kind of frustrates me that they tried too hard to make you feel something which in the end kind of ruined it because there's a part where they're like you like there's cuts to each person and the song it's not going to stop is playing oh they're and singing then, it yeah and i was just like oh, that was just... awful i completely forgot about that because i was so mad about it, <laughs> it and it was bad <laughs> It was really poor. There was yeah. no re- like they could have done those ca- cuts without the singing and it would have been great. But instead, they like broke the fourth wall like idiots for no reason. Yeah. There was no payoff to that. Yeah, because I mean, it starts with the girl putting the song on in her place. Yeah. So when she starts singing. Great. Yeah. So when but, she starts singing to it, it makes sense. But you're cutting to other scenes and you're just like, is the song on the radio? Does everybody right. have the same radio station on? What yeah, John C. Riley is sitting in his little monk habit like singing this john c Riley does not know the song shut up no. or no. stanley sitting in a dark library yeah you know no, that part was really dumb yeah. and also speaking of misuse of music i know they do this on purpose but it's like a massive pet peeve of mine uh-huh the scenes where there's a conversation happening between the characters but you can't really hear it because the song is playing yep they do that off Either let us hear the dialogue or don't have any dialogue. None of this half-assed, like, I can't, no, I don't know what's happening. And now I'm, like, angry and anxious. I hate that. I hate (laughs) it. I hate it. Like, especially with John C. Riley (sighs) and um, uh, what's his name? Like, they're going through the store at the end. and Jim. Yes. So they're going through the store. The song's playing. And, like, you can hear bits of their conversation but my question is do you think they were given actual like script things to say yes or do you think it was just like just walk and talk guys i'm pretty sure everything was scripted because i think if you are not like an absolute maniac control freak you do not make this movie (laughs) that's true (laughs) 
That would make sense. Yes. <laughs> like okay. you actually, it just, you can't like you, you cannot be a normal person about that. You have to be a massive control freak, especially with all the like Easter eggy shit and like whatever you can't like, it's, it, it all falls apart if the person in charge isn't like insane. So I can't imagine them being like, Oh yeah, just ad lib the dialogue. People might actually be able to hear. Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Subtitles exist. They do. Yeah, maybe I should, I should put that on next time. You can't just. Yeah. I find, like, I know for some reason right now, a lot of people are into having subtitles on, even if they know the language. But I just find it, especially if it's, like, a film that is in English and people are speaking English and things right it's going on the bottom, I get so distracted by it. Oh. Because, and I'm just I, like, I have to turn them off. Like, it, it drives me crazy. I was always like that a little bit where I, yeah, I focus on the subtitles, even though, even when I can hear the dialogue and understand it, but also (laughs) I used to have a job where I had to check the sink of closed captioning. So I'm like ruined forever. Oh God. Yes. Like I can't. Your brain is like, no, you have to look at this to make sure that's what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. Just like if a movie, even just like, yeah, a regular movie, especially in the theater, if like the sink is soft and like the dialogue and like the picture is off by like 187th of a second I'm just like oh no (laughs) (laughs) like everything is ruined soft sink Uh (laughs) yeah so um yeah I mean it's wonderful that things are subtitled and I feel like subtitles have gotten a lot better which is incredible because it makes things so much more accessible like my mom Mm -hmm. is quite hard of hearing so you know often if I watch something with her like we do put them on especially if their accents is just easier but like so I love that that exists, but also, yeah, I'll just be staring at the words and completely missing stuff on the screen. And it's like, I can hear fine. And I speak English. What the fuck am I doing? Exactly. But what's weird about, like, I agree with you. Like, I think it's very necessary. Never take it out. Keep it going and everything. But when I'm watching a film that is not English and they've got the English subtitles, it's like the subtitles meld into the movie. And it just suddenly under, like, I'm clearly reading it. This is the only way I'd understand it. Like they're speaking like Japanese or Russian or something. Um, But like, I stop realizing I'm reading the subtitles after a little while. I'm like, oh, "Oh." so like, I always think it's really weird. I'm just like, I'm like, just because it's in English, why can't your brain do that? No, I think, I think also partially my brain just like, is that what he's saying? Is it, is it, you know, just like you, like you want to check. Yeah, and also, yeah, right. sometimes are they don't always exactly follow the dialogue, which is annoying. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not very good at it with foreign languages either. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons I don't watch a lot of foreign films. Yeah, above and beyond being like boring and uncultured. But the, <laughs> they're like, I yeah, I just don't. I mean, me being boring and uncultured. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounded bad, but like, you know. Um, yeah, I struggle with that in general, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I find too with foreign language films, there's there's often times where you're just like, the person who translated this is not a native English speaker, yeah, or something, or they've used you know they they've used like a phrase that's hard to like translate, like things get lost, you know. Yeah. So like you'll see like somebody write a sentence and you're just like that sentence doesn't quite make sense. Not what that says. Yeah. Like what does what does it actually mean? And that's yeah. the thing that always gets me where I'm just like, you've said something weird. Something it's lost in translation here. For me, watching a movie in French because I don't really speak French, but I know just enough of it to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. So yeah, same deal where they like somebody says that and then I I look at the subtitle and I'm like, 
that's not what I just heard. <laughs> I actually understood a thing. That wasn't it. What the hell? <laughs> You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It'd be interesting to see how Magnolia is subtitled because like, yeah, they do a lot of that where the music like covers the dialogue or there's, so it'd be interesting. Do they, do they like title, subtitle lyrics to stuff? Well, I know in some films they do, like they'll put the lyrics to the song like on the screen, or I've also seen the title of the song and the artist and the little music notes and and that's it. Where I'm just like, that's not helpful. That's that's the opposite of helpful, actually, (laughs) because you're telling them it's important, but not why. (laughs) You're like, you know, maybe putting the lyrics to the song will explain the scene that's happening. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that's the whole point of putting that song in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say, though, that like snaps to P.T. Anderson for choosing Amy Mann to do this and not just like licensing random songs because this movie is like ripe with the opportunity to stick Alleluia somewhere terrible and they did not. Yeah. So I'm very happy you know, that did not happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is one of my biggest pet peeves in all of television and movies is people using that song. <laughs> It's I love just, it when it shows up in like the weirdest places. You're like, why is this here? Oh, you, what is network happening? television is awful for that. And you're like, oh, is it another body on a gurney while they put the sheet over the face and we have to listen to Alleluia for five fucking minutes? Oh, and this, like, the scene is in slow motion. You have to remember that. That's very important. The scene oh, is always yeah, in slow obviously. motion. Yeah. Obviously, dimly lit slow motion of something tragic. And it's just like, this is like, I mean, yeah, no, just and total hack shit. Yeah, and it's raining. Supervisors should know better. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest well, they probably do yeah but they've also learned how to pull people's strings right like right you know, it like, was- like like i think it, it's done so often because when it was first done it was done right now i have to look in at the when right it was first context done. it is absolutely heartbreaking but in the context of like every network show that's ever had a bad thing happen like yeah <sighs> Yeah. Oh, get the blue light from the ambulance on the window as somebody cries. Time for hallelujah. Like, ah, hacky shit. I hate it. So hacky. (laughs) I know I have some music opinions related to this movie. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, what's like, I agree with you. Like, one thing about this movie is that the music that they've chosen really works. Um, Because it was new. Like, it wasn't music that was like out in the world. No. like it's like a bespoke soundtrack for this that became popular music there is one song that was out in the world and that is the in the car of i really should have written down these character names um what's his name's car william h macy william h macy yes his character every time he got into his car yeah, it's the the dream song. Dreams can come yes, true. Yes, actually, and- I love that. So the first time that came on, I think I might have seal clapped at my laptop. <laughs> like this is like so unbelievably on brand for this like maniac guy. Yeah, but I, like, but the thing is, at first I thought it was like you know it's probably playing on the radio in his car. No, but it's oh. very clear, like because it oh, happens no, three times. Song. It's like a it's a cassette or something and yeah. stops the car, gets back in, starts it again. And you're just like, what is like, it's the only song in the movie that is not an Amy Mann song <laughs> or just like score. Yeah. And I was just like, what is happening here? No, I love, yeah, I'd forgotten about it. I should have taken notes, but you no, know, I don't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, 
No, that's that is great. And yeah, it makes perfect sense. Like he seems like the kind of guy who would have a pump up song that didn't like pump him up all the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's it's more along the lines of it it goes with his current mental state, right? He's like, I have a dream to date this guy. Yeah. But like this guy doesn't know my name. He doesn't know anything about me. I haven't said anything, but I'm going to do this crazy thing to prove my love to him in some way. Oh yeah. It's, it was just like his plan made no sense. Oh my goodness. Like actually. Yeah. So like no disrespect to Brad, the bartender, I'm sure that he's lovely, but yeah, that whole thing was demented. And also if the person that you are like wanting to get down with has braces, you do not want braces. No, no, oh, that that connects together, and then you're the logistics stuck. of that are poor. Just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, but I think it was one of those like those things where he was like, "I have to do this to either." He wanted to have something in common, common with, with him, him. yeah. But like, yeah. don't get full on braces you can't afford just to start a conversation, my friend. Exactly. Like, I think it's crazy. Yeah. Instead of sitting in the corner, yeah, that would help. That would be um, helpful. Also, yeah. that, that guy, that other guy at the bar was awful, though. He I mean, I like kind of enjoyed nice. his snark, but also I was just like, uh, I would spill a drink on you for sure. If you spoke <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> at minimum. I mean, I, I do think it was kind of Donnie Smith's fault because um, the like the way he shows up, like he shows up jealous technically for no reason. Oh, right? he's like a complete nutcase. But the other guy was being a creep, too. So it was sort of yeah. like, oh, no. Yeah, I've, the the person you feel the worst for is is the bartender. To be honest, what's his name, Brad or whatever? Brad, because he's he's just there going like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm really uncomfortable, like really uncomfortable. Yeah, no, he's in. He's there to take tips, not like take tips. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If you're in the market for a hustler, that's not the spot. No, <laughs> not at all. Like he's he like it's clearly one of those things where he's like. I'm nice to you because you're a customer and I want you to come back. So I'm nice. And he took it yeah. as this person's nice to me. He wants me. Yeah. He'll flirt with the creepy old guy because he gets like compensated for his time. And they both know that that's what's happening. Yeah. But, uh, and you accept it. Yeah. But our quiz kid didn't quite get the memo on how social interaction works. Yeah. But the quiz kid is also, I think, closeted. Like, I don't even think he has oh, yeah. accepted his gayness to himself well, and but he's trying his he's best. accepted it but he's never acted on it yeah i feel like he would be a happier person if he'd managed to scrape that together at some point yeah but i also think if he accepted it he'd also be happier mm. right like because if he accepted it he would have like yeah like he's trying to build up to it but he just doesn't know how or how to handle himself in those situations because like he said i have a lot of love to give i just don't know where to put it because he's obviously not been treated well his whole life but he's also made if this is his like train of thought to get somebody to like him he's also making a lot of wrong decisions his whole life yeah he's got a real victim mentality that's holding him back so he Mm -hmm. like thinks that he's being held back by all these things that have happened and it's like no, you can't control getting hit by lightning, but you can damn well control how you respond to the aftermath. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like, that would be like, I feel really bad for him because that must be insane to go from being like brilliant. And I assume he has like an, I had like an eidetic memory or something that that's why he was mm. so good at the quiz stuff. And then like, yeah, yeah but even like, before- a physical injury, but also like effectively a traumatic brain injury that like 
your whole thing was that you were super smart and now you're not anymore. Like that's gotta be tough. But I think also part of it has to do with like, he was a smart kid. His parents took all his money and then he's, he's been the victim since then. And then this other thing happens, which takes away his smarts. Again, he's the victim, but you don't have to be a genius to function. You just have to accept Oh no, of course you are to function. But also if you're, if you're like a child prodigy like that, you don't learn social skills because you don't really have peers, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, Stanley is exactly the same, going the same direction, right? Like you like, because he was so smart and because he was like a show pony about it, like, because of his parents, like he, he didn't have, he never learned to interact with people like on his level because his peers weren't on his level. Like he was a novelty to adults, but he was way above his like what the kids that should have been his friends that should have taught him how to like interact with a boy he likes without being a complete maniac about it. Well, the, I think too, right? Like, like he just like he didn't. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't learn anything that he needed to know because he lost the one thing that he did know. So yeah, which tough, is right? hard. Like, it's, it's hard to rally for, and it, with without a strong support system, like how like, he needs somebody to like smack him upside the head and be like, "Okay, man, get your act together." Like a bad thing happened. So put it in your rear view and concentrate on a good thing. Yeah. It kind of looked like he was um, just abandoned. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah. just kind of like walked away. I mean, uh, I wouldn't want to hang out with them, but also like, I don't think he ever had a shot either at being normal. No, no, like, but you can, he would have needed be... somebody to teach him how to do that. Once he like, once his intellect was a bit more normal. But I think like, you know, like, like with anything like normal is a strong word but it's if you can't have a conversation with somebody without victimizing yourself in that conversation nobody's going to want to talk to you because you're you're a bummer and you're not doing anything you're not there's nobody in your life who will just tell you that and help you find alternatives like every react like every conversation he has is brief right because it's all people being like Hey, you're quiz kid Donnie Smith. And like, they have like a three, like he's just on a perpetual loop. You know, the only people, the only person in his life who's kind of like steady and long-term is his boss who like, obviously doesn't give a shit about him. So, and well, who actually was quite patient with him. So maybe that's like not the right right thing, but he wasn't going to be like, Donnie, here's how to be like a terrible person. (laughs) You need to get to go to therapy and you need to learn to like interact with people like a normal human. Like, don't talk about this. Don't talk about this. Like, talk about yeah. this instead. You know, like he, he needed training that he wasn't getting. But he was also spending money on stupid things. So he couldn't spend money on therapy, which meant he sure. perpetually was in the space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was also a different time where therapy was less like like now every time you listen to a podcast or turn on the TV, it's like, here's a new way to get therapy because we all fucking need it because it's the end days. But at that point, it was like. No, it's not the end. The end times aren't approaching. Everything is fine. No, it's more along the lines of you're going to therapy. You need a shrink. Are you sure? Yeah. Just buck up. You know, like it's. Yeah. 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 And they, they wonder why there's like several generations of people that are just fucked. Well, yeah. If you fuck up your kids and then nobody helps them, they become yeah. fucked up adults. All the kids in this are fucked up. That's true. Yes. Everybody in this movie is deeply fucked up. Is there a single mm-hmm. normal person in this movie? Like, again, normal is a few, strong word. <laughs> there are a few people who don't speak, so they might be okay. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman actually seems to like, as far as we know, we don't know anything of his personal life, but from what we saw, he seems to have it together. 
Yeah, he seems to be a person who's like, this is my job, but I'm going to take pride in my job and I'm going to do it right. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to care. Right. Where yeah. we, where we we kind of live in a society where uh, like right now, especially where there's so many horrible stories about like nursing homes and hospice care and where yeah. we're just like, I just don't care. I'm abusing these people. Just just leave them to die. Right. Whereas he's clearly like, no, this person needs to be taken care of. This person needs someone here to be with them, you know, and he's he's into that. Like, this is what he wants to do. But also at the same time, watching him do it, I'm just like, how could you do this? Next week, you're just going to go to someone else's house and do the same thing again. Oh, my God. Well, like, it just seems I like mean, a obviously, it's been a long term placement for him. But yeah, I like I certainly don't have the emotional fortitude to do stuff like oh, that. I don't No, I, I definitely don't. No, no. Yeah. My cat died three years ago and I'm still just like, um, I don't I can't have another cat because it's too hard. It's a whole thing. That's fair. Yeah. yeah no, some people can do it. Some people can't, but um, no, but he's, yeah, and it's, it's interesting because like, that's obviously a, an established thing about him. Cause like when the, the other caregiver comes to re- like to relieve him and he comes to the door and he's just like, oh no, I'm going to see this one out. And the other guy's like, okay. But also, okay. But also like, it's not a surprise. He doesn't fight it. He's just like, oh, this guy's doing what this guy does. Okay. Also that scene drove me absolutely crazy because I was like, if I was the other guy, I'm like, I came from fucking over there on the bus for half an hour, blah, blah, blah. Come to the door and you're telling me to go home. I was so mad. But also, I, I mean, think we live in a society now where it's like text. It's like, hey, did you need me to come? No, it's cool. No, is, you know, like on text is, is also, perfectly normal. To be fair. I mean, the guy, like the patient is a real son of a bitch. Like, I feel like. The other caregiver probably felt like he dodged a bullet because he wasn't going to get called an unfortunate word, which I'm not even going to repeat. <laughs> yeah, it's too unfortunate for me to even say. Um, exactly. You know, like, yeah, he wasn't a pleasant man, but I think no. I think like with clearly so we, we piece together a little bit of this guy's background throughout the movie and stuff. So he wasn't like a great person. But I think they're they're also tried to make him like like the the gruff guy with like the good heart sort of thing Not in there. Really. I think they did in the end because like the way Phil Seymour Hoffman was just like, no, I'm gonna track down your son. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. And like they were joking back and forth with like you know him calling you know him names and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. He, I think he got to the point where it's just like you're just a grumpy old man who's kind of mean, but you know you deserve love. Well, for some I mean, reason i think like basically like that there's a lot of a lot of this movie is like not it's sort of the thing that underlies a lot of the stories is people like who has power and who doesn't right and this guy has been very powerful like he's he's a network exec right those guys mm-hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> It's true. Yeah. And now he doesn't because for all his money, for all his power, for all he's got going on for him, like it doesn't matter because his own body betrayed him. Right. So like he he's had a real lesson in humility because he can't like all his money and all his power can't do anything. He can't breathe. So, you know, he's like the, the version that his caretaker is seeing is radically different from who he was when he was like a fully functioning guy. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yeah. And like, and they, and, it, and the thing works because the character, like the caretaker is just like, I'm not going to get offended because it's my job to not get offended. And they've like built a rapport where he's like, 
oh, you whatever. And he's just like, you're a son of a bitch. Like, shut up. <laughs> you know, like they, he's meeting him where he lives now. So like, you know, they, they have developed this like good relationship. And obviously like he does care, like, you know, they care about each other. But like, yeah, all his, his he's been defanged basically. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And that, I think that's one of the reasons that like when Frank TJ Mackey shows up and is like, <laughs> I still hate you and I'm not going to grieve for you. And then he just like absolutely loses it. It's because, like, in his mind, his father is this, like, outsized villain, right? Which, I mean, not to say he wasn't absolutely awful because, like, fuck that guy and everything that he did and stood for. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but like, he was. He was this, this outsized villain that, that, like, this this man has built an entire career on, like, trying to be the, the alpha male to end all alpha males to make up for the fact that this, you know, whatever. And then to see him, like, he's... He's like so diminished. Yeah. But do you think, do you think he's crying because just because he's diminished or do you think he's crying because he's wasted all like so much of his life being angry or villainizing this person, but you're like, he's just a weak, pathetic person. Like, why did I take so long to confront him? Like, do you think it's that? Well, yeah, no, that that's what I mean. That he's like, my big bad is actually not, that big or that bad like okay so my question is uh, so i have another question i should say so julianne moore's character admits like she's freaking out she's losing her mind because she thinks she's a horrible person she's not a great person don't get me wrong but also he knew like he says that not to her but well yeah he's not the love of her life like She's no, not the he, love of his life or anything. Like, I, you know, he's basically like he said. He's just like, oh, I hope she's, you know, I think she's a good girl. Like, hope she's okay. Like, they they didn't they did not have any kind of equal partnership. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like either of them had any illusions about that until suddenly she's had an attack of conscience. Like, yeah, but she's like, but she's like, now I realize I love him. But do you think it's because he's in this diminished capacity that he's actually like? emoting and his attitude has changed so this sick version of him is the one that she's in love with not the powerful man that was there before because i don't think he would have treated her well anyways oh no i don't think so i think i don't think he treat like i think he probably did treat her pretty well no not like abusive and stuff but i I mean it wasn't really like a love match obviously but like i think you know like I mean, he's like a bit of a dick, but like, I don't imagine he was a dick to her the way he was to like almost everyone else. Right. Cause almost everyone else in his life would have been an underling of one shade or another. Yeah. And like, you know, well, what like, I'm getting at is that she admits that when they got married and when they met, she's like, I did it for the money. I didn't love him. And I stayed in the marriage. Sure. Cause right. Like I got to buy stuff. I got to live in a nice house. Sure. I was there. Cause, and she literally says, and now that he's sick, I've fallen in love with him. And I have a feeling it's because his attitude has changed so much and he's softened so much that she could, she finally found something to love him. And that's why she's having the attack of conscience. It's not because she realized all this time that she was in love with him. I'm like, no, the sick version of him is oh personality to a point where she's like, no, I love this man now. Oh, I don't know. I don't think it was because... Well, I don't know. I would say, like, it's not that because he's softened. It's just because, like, the clock is ticking. Like, she's 
he like she's had a really good life right like she got what she wanted she married for money so she's like she's got money she's been fucking around she's been doing all this stuff like she's basically been living an autonomous life you know living in the house but like doing what she wants and he's never given her any grief about it like he's not a jealous husband he's not you know like she's just doing what she wants on his dime and he's like okay honey have fun and so but i think that i don't think it's that he's changed so much i think that she's realizing that like she actually has a really good thing and she has like a partnership that makes sense because you know she has a partner but she can do what she wants and now he's not going to be in her life anymore like i think it's more about like his looming absence than that he's changed all that much because like yeah, but I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't see that in, in the character. Like, because like, because even she says she's like, I've cheated on him and he's probably yeah. cheated on me and blah, blah, blah. And their autonomy was like, they have somewhere to go home to and someone to go home to. But yeah. they don't have to do anything together. But my question is, like, Dude. why? Like, what is she in love with all of a sudden? It can't be his absence because she said, like, I've been fucking people everywhere and stuff. And even when he's gone. He's leaving her a shit ton of money, so she doesn't have to really change his her life. She can just find somebody else. So I'm just like, what are you in love with all of a sudden? I mean, to be fair, I don't actually think she's... I think most of that is just panic. <laughs> just panic? <laughs> I think, yeah. Even I think she's like, realized she's had a really good setup, and it's worked for both of them, and like they have, they have a good, like, caring, mutual relationship as well as whatever else they're getting up to, and now... Yeah, but she wants to give up all the money, though. Like, if yeah. that's what it was, I think she'd be a, even if she's panicking. But I think if it actually come down came down to it, she wouldn't. Yeah. Like, I think she was literally just freaking out because he's dying. Yeah. If the lawyer was like, "Oh yeah, no problem. Let me get like form three, and we'll just like you just sign here, and there's no money for you." Like, do you think she actually would have put pen to paper? I do not. I kind of think she would. Well, her lawyer would have made her sober up first, so. <laughs> but she but the thing is she hadn't taken anything as yet when she was at the lawyer's place she hadn't taken any of the new meds but was she actually sober that whole time again i think she was like you said i think she was freaking out yeah and i think that's what was making out. her manic i don't think it, it was any drugs or alcohol in her system until she sat in the car right yeah i don't know she was she was the hardest to watch for me because she was so close to going off the rails at every single moment she was on screen which is an impressive impressive acting job good job mm-hmm. Julianne Moore. well yeah especially the the scene <sighs> at the pharmacy like i understand that? what the pharmacist was doing because technically he did the yeah, right thing no but, but that was they, also absolutely the correct response and like yeah but she they also should have been you're supposed to ask them questions like who is this for yeah. blah 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 because I've had to do that for my mother when I go to pick up something for her. They're just like, is this for you? And I'm like, oh, no, it's for my mother. It's for this, blah, 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 blah. And they ask direct question, not roundabout. Are you having a party? Or, oh, don't put these things, two things together. You know, like, because yeah. they were really snarky about it instead of being direct about it. Well, yeah, they were extremely unprofessional and mm-hmm. good on her for freaking out and traumatizing them. They probably will think twice before being assholes again. I don't know. They'd probably just do it again. They'd be like, oh, she's just a tweaker. It's probably what they were thinking uh, the whole time. I don't know. So, man. Yeah. That oh, whole scene was sorry, sad and hard that. to watch. That is very true, though. But yeah. I mean, this whole movie just like made me super anxious because everybody is right on the edge of disaster the whole time. Well, my other question is, whatever happened to the little the little boy? What's his name? Bumps into. Um, 
Well, the cop guy, like whatever, right, like he runs he, away and then you he see took the gun and he ran away and then he yeah. saved her life. Mm-hmm. Stole from her purse, though. Yes, first. I mean, to be fair, she has lots of money and she would be dead without him. So I feel like that's a pretty awesome finder's fee. <laughs> Good job, kid. Yeah. Yeah. When he got in the car and he started looking around, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. purse first, then the passed out Wiley. <laughs> Good job. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. And then I don't know, because that that's the whole thing with the gun, with the frogs. Like, where did that come from? Well, and what it makes me worry that I'm like, the reason why they didn't really show a last scene with that kid is because did he get sucked up into whatever with the frogs and like he's dead somewhere now? Well, like I was just very. I don't know because I don't really. I feel like he was like not a real kid. He was more like a Deus Ex Machina thing, right? Because he's he's his rap is supposedly the answer to all the questions, but like I don't. I couldn't make heads or tails of it either, and I was like, <laughs> "Am I identifying with the bubbling cop? I hate this for me." But like. <laughs> <laughs> child what are you talking about well to be honest Who's i was the worm i was trying to listen to what the kid was rapping but all i could hear was like every time he said fuck and i was like what and i couldn't put i mean i could look up the lyrics of course sure, but-, but like yeah he was like but i just told you everything and it was like no but actually you told us shit what I'm like i don't know what you said so I, yeah I- so i think he was that's yeah then the fact that the gun ends up like coming back to the cop and the frogs like i think the kid is not now what you see on the surface like there's some do you think pretentious he's like there. not really like an angel but like a spirit guiding that character who's not real like it's just really, the person he's seeing kind of thing. I'd really prefer not to think that, but I kind of do, which is why I said Deus Ex Machina instead of like spirit guide, because that <laughs> makes me angry. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, my other thing was thinking um, again, which is a horrible thing, is that that kid is actually like dead because I believe that's the grandson from the lady in the beginning whose son and grandson were there. And I think he's the grandson and like his father, her son may have done something with him, and also why. Oh, oh, so her son like shot the guy in the closet, but then the, he and the kid have disappeared or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and he's the grandson. Oh, he's definitely the grandson, but mm-hmm. no, but I feel like his father may have done something to him. Is what I'm saying. Oh. And one of the reasons why the gun is up there is like dead. he's actually dead somewhere in a field with the frogs. That's why the gun ends up there. I've only had sad negative thoughts ever oh, since. Oh, wait, but yes. no, because the when the cop... Oh, I see. Oh, so you think it's a scuba diver thing? Yes. Where he's literally... Oh, yeah. oh, oh. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so logical. I hate it. Well, because the problem is at the end of the movie, they you you meet everybody except for the kid. Yeah, right? he's probably not okay. Yeah. So I was just like, I'm like, they check in on the whiz kid. He goes home and tells his dad to be nicer to him. Yeah. You know, the old man dies and Seymour Hoffman's there. The dog dies. I was like, oh, they killed the dog. I mean, we saw that coming. <laughs> we saw that coming. Um, you Dude, know, you can't just drop narcotics and not pick them all up. What the exactly. fuck is this dog? And he's like, don't eat them. I'm like, it's going to eat it. That's it's a not dog. how dogs <laughs> work. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no. And he was the only one that didn't show back up. I'm like, that kid's dead, right? And I think that yeah, kid's probably sure. dead. Yeah, it made oh. me sad. But also, wouldn't you expect him to be dead before he met the cop then? Like, how did he steal his gun? Because wouldn't he have been... 
Well, this is the problem, right? So, so when the timeline doesn't make sense, if he's like, because he was just rocking around the building talking to the cop after the whole body in the closet. Don't you go in my closet? No, 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 not 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 that point in time. So you know, after he saves Julianne Moore's character and he's sitting in the car, right? Yeah. So he's got the gun and he has the money, but the father isn't there or whatever. Yeah, I have a feel like I know it's a short time period, but I have a feeling something between, you know, her getting taken away in the ambulance and the frog rain. Oh, something happened. Oh. So not supernatural at all. No, like he was just flat out like his father is a horrible person and he gets picked up in, in this. Yeah, because if you pay attention, none of the parents are good parents in any way in this or even like parental no. figures, not no. good people in no, any way. Terrible. So that's what's making me think I'm like, eh, maybe his father did something wrong. Huh. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I was just speculating and every time I speculated, it was got more depressing. So yeah yay and again googling it just don't, don't want to Mm-mm. not uh, no not worthwhile yeah i'm gonna just think he's aggravating. a uh, an angel child guiding people to each other there you go I said right it. see when you said that i thought you meant he like saved her but he wasn't actually like he it was some sort of like miracle-y thing yeah so well because i think it also goes back to like the whole of uh, like the biblical frog thing you know like there's still good things on earth, quote unquote. And, you know, yeah. God has a hand in stuff kind of thing. But maybe we're being not literal enough. And it's just like, it's just straight. It's just like, he's, he's gone. He just left. He's just not part of the story anymore. Yeah. 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 But it makes me worry. Hmm. Yeah. Well, fair. Yes. I don't know. This movie is a lot. Yeah. So how about we stop talking about this depressing film? <laughs> I talk about something lighter, funnier, better. I don't Even know. Even more sideways. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like you are going to give me your opinion of this movie and I'm not going to like it, but I understand oh. it and go ahead. Go ahead. Interesting. Mallrats okay. sure is a movie. It sure is a movie. So I actually have a, I have an anecdote about this movie. Um, It has a very soft place in my heart because it reminds me of a very specific time period, which is, you know, 15 years old in the Uh nineties. I don't remember if it was like summer or if it was just like a bored weekend or whatever, but me and my friends, me and my two friends, Sarah and Melissa, uh, Sarah's a podcast regular. You've heard her all the time, and are from Melissa at the time. We regularly, Sarah, haven't I? Oh yeah, several times. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but so we used to live in like the same subdivision in Brampton, and we'd like get together. And when we get bored, we'd go to what we used to call the Price Chopper Mall, which is just a mall that has a price chopper in the middle. That's it. And at the, the end of that like- mall was a place called Ambassador Video. <laughs> The video store, its colors were silver, purple, and black. And yeah, like, the top of like legit. all of the everything was had like um like silver tassels on it and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, <laughs> so we used to spend a lot of time in there. And 
one day we went in there and we saw this movie Mallrats and we're just like, should we get it? I've never heard of it. It sounds interesting. Sure. We got that and what? Uh, no, was it seven? No, it was um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't seven. It was um, Boogie Nights. Those are the two Ooh. movies you rented. Wow, that's a lot of thing for just very one okay. Very different things, um, and yeah, we like from the first time I watched it in, in my Melissa's basement to now, I still thoroughly enjoy this movie, even though I feel like I shouldn't. But I know parts of this movie, like all of like all of the dialogue and stuff, and I laughed quite a bit because I don't know, but it's- I thoroughly enjoy this movie yeah no i i yeah i love it i can't help it well yes! it's, yeah yeah why did you think i was not gonna love it did you think i, I signed I, on to this for the magnolia of it all tracy come on now you know me better. i honestly thought you signed up just so you could bitch about the movie to be honest no i would never i keep her loving it i mean it would be professionally unwise for me to bitch about kevin smith in general but also <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he and his Degrassi obsession are, uh, <laughs> you know, a thing a in thing, my professional yes. life. Anyway, but um, Canada in general, which I always think is just weird, but, but like you know. specifically Degrassi. Yeah, there's that scene where she's wearing the Degrassi jacket. I was like, ah, I see you. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I I do kind of love this movie, mm-hmm. and like it's so funny because it's, I mean, it's always interesting to watch movies from you know a past decade, like especially like. The 90s feels like it wasn't that far away, but yeah, it was a long time ago. A long time ago. And um, and, <laughs> and it's interesting to see how things hold up. And this one is like, I mean, the whole deal was for it to be edgy. So like, obviously it's going to push boundaries that like Magnolia didn't, especially around like language and stuff. But yeah. like, it's such a weird combination of like woke and disastrous. <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, I find a lot of the things people say in this movie are just true like they're just facts yeah um but they do it in that like gothy 90s pithy way that just pisses people off because that means you think you're too smart you know so yeah no i get it yeah no it's interesting and like yeah there's like a word or two that gets used a lot that is no longer a thing that one says in hopefully any company but certainly not mixed um (laughs) but like but also, yeah, the concept behind it. Like, I really dug the thing in the dating game <laughs> where he's trying to outfox what's his nuts, Dante. Yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> basically, like, is just like, are you a homophobe? Get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> no, I don't. I love the game. I don't. I love. And it's like, that's still funny because you could still do that today. <laughs> you could still do that today. Yeah. And, because that's and the guy doing gone. the like shit talking is the one who's just like, homophobia is bad, obviously. Like, get on board, buddy. <laughs> and the other guy, like, you know, scrabbling for the crumbs of his masculinity, be like, no, I'm not a homophobe. I just hate this. Oh no. (laughs) I laughed a lot. I mean, like, like the thing is though, that scene began and I was just like, do I remember the scene wrong? Is it going to go down a road that I'm not going to like? And then it didn't. And I was so happy. I was so happy. Yeah. Considering how out there they could have gone with that. And they Mm -hmm. actually like, it was extremely especially in the context of this movie, extremely restrained. It really was. Yes. <laughs> it was like, it was clever, but it was like, it was, he was much less gross yeah. than he can be or yeah. has been. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I love this movie from 
But it like, again, I've already said this, but this movie is excessively 90s from like the the disgruntled 20 somethings walking around the mall in their, you know, plaid shirts and their yeah. loose pants. And I was just like, what? oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, like I have not seen this movie in a very long time. Um, but I can also still quote whole sections of it. Yes. Which, like, considering I have goldfish brain most of the time, it's just like, well, it really, it's really in there. <laughs> oh yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Okay, wait. So I have to ask a dumb question. Mm-hmm. I should have done this at the very beginning. Um, can you describe to me the opening scene of the movie? <laughs> Please. Of mall rats? Yes. The opening scene of the movie is um, Jeremy London pulling up to Claire Perlini's house. She's sitting on her porch and he gets out. She walks over um, and he's all excited because they're supposed to be going to Florida. Right. Universal Studios. And she's like, something's yeah, happened, something. so I can't go. And she tells a story about the girl he talked to the night before who's going to be on the game show swam herself to death and she's taking her place that's the opening scene okay because i uh accidentally watched the extended edition oh with the cuts because of the opening scene of that one is them is the night before extremely different yes yes Yes. and i like started because again i haven't seen this movie in years so i started watching it and i was like huh i don't remember this and then you know things start going down and I was like okay I don't think that's me <laughs> yeah I know the opening scene starts at like you like you meet the girl who dies like you see the conversation there's no girl that who cost- dies in the extended cut no the, the doesn't the extended there's- cut start with Jeremy Lynn and Jason Lee out the night before and they're somewhere and they talk to some girl no and the girl walks away and but then you find out the next morning that that girl is the girl that died in the pool. You don't uh, see her die. The opening sequence of the version that I watched, Claire Forlani is up on a roof with a telescope and there's like a whole thing with the governor meeting with her dad to give him this massive grant check. And then Jason Lund- Jeremy London is dressed as like. I don't know. He's like in the play. So he's like a dressed in like revolutionary war nonsense. And he has this like fake rifle or he has a rifle. And then this whole thing where like the rifle gets caught in her hair and the security think that it's a, an assassination threat. It's a whole disaster. Like it's like it's a whole different movie. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. She um... T, like she brandy dumps ts because her father just lost a massive grant that was going to allow him to like have a real career and not be on public assets anymore because they thought there was like a like an actual assassination threat against the governor because his gun got stuck it was it's and then there's all these references all through the movie people being like didn't i see you on cnn you like murdered the pope or whatever she's like no my gun got cut in my girlfriend's hair it was a blank i don't I clearly have never seen this version because the version I know that's the extended version, there's like a night before scene where you see him haphazardly say the thing to the girl and she dies. I really should like, because I have the thing that I has the deleted scenes. I should have watched them, this, but I didn't. Okay, so the edition that I saw is a full half hour longer than the original movie. I think it's the 10th anniversary extended or something. Oh, no, I have the... Um, I'm not sure, but anyway, 
there are some wild differences. Yeah, no, I have the collector's edition. From what year? What year is this from? I don't. This is from, there's usually a year on it. 1999. Okay, well, I don't know what they like re they like yeah they added a full half and they like thoroughly recut it because the, the like weird bananas in costume from the revolutionary war nonsense from the beginning is referenced <laughs> like throughout the whole movie yeah this version is not referenced at all yeah. throughout the whole movie dude so- how come you're at the mall i thought like the secret service was after you like no i didn't oh my god now i gotta rewatch. i this. didn't actually try to kill the governor yeah no it's a whole it's very bizarre okay <laughs> anyway so yeah yeah uh, so we saw slightly different movies but probably they have a great we deal did. in common yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping so so uh, so jason lee and jen and jordy they break up in her basement and yeah then they're like you know jeremy london shows up at his house they're like let's go to the mall and they end up at the mall at least yep yep does he have a yeah, tiny see, cup the whole time well they there's the thing where he wants to go talk to brandy's house so Jason Lee like tells the media like he's trying to distract the media who are oh yeah this is going to be in the extended as well because mm-hmm. the media are following around because there was like an attempted assassination at his event and then they like Jason Lee convinces them that Brandy's dad like does satanic rituals and the media ends up filming like him naked like boxing in his mirror basically and okay so that is in this one but okay. it is so like Claire Forlini and Jeremy London are having a conversation outside of her house. Like they're having yeah. the, you know, like you don't understand, right. blah, blah, blah. And the breakup conversation, dad but it keeps freaking out because they filmed him naked. Yeah. Well, he's not freaking out. He's just doing the boxing in the mirror thing. So oh, I, I guess they kept that part. Well, they know. freak out because he eventually turns and there's a reporter and a camera in his window. So he like goes bananas and is screaming at them. And it, yeah, no, that was none of that was in there. No. I'm very confused okay. now. Like this movie didn't start out weird enough. They had to make it weirder. Apparently. Well, like, are you really surprised? Like Kevin Smith is like, he's into some making things odd. He really yeah. is. Well, and they're very he's very like Easter eggy as a rule. So it makes sense uh-huh. that there'd be all these like he could like he'd already have the footage to just cut this joke in that goes for the whole goes movie, with even though <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be part of the movie. Anyway, yeah. whatever. Okay. Yeah. So so apparently you're gonna say some stuff and i'll be like that wasn't there and i'll be like oh yeah. it's in the it's in the mm-hmm. the 10th year anniversary edition okay yeah i think that's the one i don't know this is another one that i own but couldn't find i believe it's on vhs probably in my parents garage so, <laughs> so i <hilarious>. acquired it <clears throat> yeah. um but yes so there's a lot to talk about in this movie but also first off shout out to my buddy willem i also can't see those stupid magic eye things me neither so i have <laughs> one of my first notes is like I, one of my first notes is i never saw the picture of those things like because you always get people who are just like no like you focus in it but you focus behind the picture or you know you let your, your eyes unfocus yeah. or what you have to do is like turn really fast and you'll see it and i'm like what no yeah no my eyes don't do that <laughs> yeah I have had similar conversations with eye doctors who were like, no, but tell me what shape is in the square. And I was like, there's no shape there. Like, but there must be, there's a shape there. I was like, well, I can't see it. So I guess that's your problem, isn't it? Exactly. (laughs) 
Yeah. People are just like, it's a dolphin jumping over a boat. I'm like, is it? It's just squiggly lines. What are you talking yeah. about? Looks yeah. like TV static to me, but okay. But I do still remember those stands in the mall where they oh, just yeah. the I posters. spent a ton of time standing in front of those yeah. like a jackass trying to make my eyes behave. And then sometimes you can like you can get it framed for an extra hundred bucks or something. You're just oh, like, yeah. who's spending this kind of money on a poster? To be fair, I feel like people who bought those and still have them in their like attic or garage could probably sell them for $11 billion today because everything 90s is back again. That's true. I don't think it's going to be $11 billion, you know, maybe like $10 billion or something. I mean, maybe. Um, but, I don't know. The know. world is a dark place. And that seems like the kind of thing that like somebody would pay a whack of money for. I don't know. Beanie Babies were a huge thing and they're worth like nothing now. They were too plentiful, though. Who the hell still has magic eye posters? Oh, it's true. Everybody who bought Beanie Babies, who, like, quote unquote, invested in Beanie Babies, like, still has them in hope that they will get worth something one day. I own exactly Magic Eye was just like, you know, duct tape on the wall of your teenager. So (laughs) people who have pristine ones, I feel like they could could (laughs) Could get get away with something. Like, no, no, in you know, Hill Valley Mall, I got this framed and put on my wall in pristine condition. You can yeah. have it. This is the special edition where there are three goldfish in the bowl instead of two. Yeah. <laughs> this one's the misprint where it shows up like a green goldfish instead of like a gold goldfish. Oh my god. It's <laughs> crazy. Yes. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, in collectibles, people love those misprinted things. It's hilarious. They do, they do. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, I'm going to bring up something nerdy, Star Trek thing. There's a version of a Jordy LaForge action figure that doesn't have his visor and he's (gasps) got like pupils and they're like, what? Ah. Oh my goodness. I don't know. Later on in the movies, they got rid of his visor. It's fine. Yes, I definitely knew that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I I had Uh to bring it up at some point. Wait, is there a Star Trek actor in Magnolia? Is there a Star Trek actor in Magnolia? There must um, be. Everybody's in Magnolia. Everybody's and, in ev- and Star Trek thing. is everywhere. That is very true. Wait. Wait, yeah, wasn't Patrick isn't- Oswald in... Wasn't he in Star Trek at some point? I hope if you phrase things in the form of a question... Yeah, that he was in Star Trek because- Picard the other day. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we got one automatically. It's like lightly cheating, I guess, but fine. <laughs> yes. I'll accept it. <laughs> I was like, no, I think recently he was in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I bet you if I look up more, I'll find more. Should not be a problem. Okay. Being a problem. No. <laughs> okay. See, no. now you have me just like staring at people's faces over here. I don't know. Okay. Okay. None of that. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Sure. Cut it out. Yes. Are there Star Trek actors in Mallrats? No. I'm going to say Probably no. not. Cause it's all like, it's like the same 10 people and then one or two others. Yeah. Yeah. I the did funny- not remember that Brandy's dad was Michael Rooker. So when he showed up, I was just like, oh, hello. I remembered him. He's great. <laughs> I mean, I remembered the character, but I did not remember the act who which actor play. And then I was just yeah. like, oh. Yeah, actually, you know, with him and um uh Ben Affleck in this, like Ben Affleck was so unknown. He's not even on like his name isn't anywhere. It's not on the top of nothing, it's not on the poster, yeah, yeah. it's not, you know, well, on, like, the what- lines on the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, given what his character is known for, that also seems kind of logical. 
Yeah. But also it's <laughs> been like two years before um, Goodwill Hunting came out, which really made them famous. So yeah, that was just big. Yeah. Cause then they did, they showed up in um, like Matt Damon too, showed up in chasing Amy. It was like yeah. a three second role, but it was there yeah. still before Goodwill Hunting. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just fascinating to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's neat to like it's yeah, so many of Kevin's movies have the same cast. So you're just like I feel I, like Dante was in it twice, right? Because he's the like you know, dweeb in the in the game show, but I feel like he was also the guy who got fired earlier. Oh no, oh. Not got fired, but the whole thing where he like is trying to put the podium in the right place and stamp down the carpet, and then somebody gets fired and somebody else has to move the podium. One of those guys, I feel, is also that same actor. No, I actually thought the guy who was that was one of the comic book men in a wig you have no idea who the comic book man is okay so you know how kevin smith has a he's got a comic book store in new jersey um and it's run by a bunch of guys who are really into comic books and stuff i didn't know that but i didn't not know that either because of course he does yeah um (laughs) but it's run by a, a bunch of his friends and stuff essentially and they had a tv show called comic book men where it's yeah you know they have a crew and somebody comes in and they're like look i have this thing and they literally go through it's it's sort of like, like um, Pawn Stars. No, it's more like the Antique Road Show, but for like nerdy comic book stuff. So it's like people bring like action figures, comic books, and they they look at it and be like, "Oh, you see this here? Oh, it's this edition of this book that has all these things." And with this over here, it means this was a first edition, not a third edition. And talk about the like, you know, like, and they were well, they were like, they're very knowledgeable of all comic book yeah, and yeah. toys and, and all that kind of stuff. Comic book men. Now I have to find out what their names are because I don't remember right now. Um, But so, you know, this scene where Jason Lee, he gets to the comic book store and he's just like, what the fuck is going on? And like two guys try to fight him. Yeah. Those two guys are comic book men. And I think the guy in the wig was the guy with the short hair, not the guy with the ponytail. Oh, okay. I totally thought it was Dante, but I wasn't paying that much attention. I was just like, is that... To be honest, you could be right, and I just didn't. It doesn't it matter, probably, but whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But I thought it was funny. I was like, "Hey, it's those guys," because they also show up in Clerks as well. Sure. Um. Yeah. So. Yeah. Speaking of movies, I haven't seen in a very long time. <laughs> I love that movie, and I will always have a soft spot for it, just because I love it. But also, one of the funniest things that ever happened to me when I worked at the video store was a result of that movie. And I was big, I was big mad at the time, but now I recognize that it was hysterical. Um, so I worked, I worked Friday nights at the video store for years and years. And then I had another job, so I couldn't really do it. So my boyfriend at the time had like more or less taken over my shift and he was working other shifts, but I guess this was one night he had something going on. So I like just randomly showed up for the first half or whatever. And then he took over. But we were both there and I hadn't been around for a while. And this couple, this super lovely couple from the neighborhood had come in and they were, you know, they were like, oh, my goodness, it's been so long. How are you? Like, so we were chatting. Just like, oh, yeah, you know, I've been doing this, blah, 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 blah. And we had Kirk clerks on in the background. So it was a Friday night. And the scene with Randall ordering the pornography came on <laughs> while I was chatting with them. And my fuckhead boyfriend just like sidles over to the controls and starts slowly turning the volume. Oh my God. So I'm chatting with <laughs> a lovely couple. 
and this thing is happening and i'm just like poker face poker face. don't yep i made it i didn't crack and i don't think they clocked it but you better believe i beat his ass with a video like one of those big thick plastic video vhs cases i was like smacking him around behind the counter (laughs) customers were like what is happening i was like he deserves it if anyone heard what just happened he deserves it yeah but also that scene is just so like vulgar yeah like really is this what we're doing (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway it was yeah as i said i was big mad at the time but i recognized that it was deeply hilarious and if the roles had been reversed i almost certainly would have done the same thing (laughs) so (laughs) yeah once you're not in it it's always yeah 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 i mean i have a pretty solid poker face but that was like one of the best workouts it's ever gotten (laughs) i can't believe i'm getting randled (laughs) Come on. He's not a verb. Cut it out. <laughs> I mean, in that case, it kind of was. Kind of was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this movie, Anywho. too, was like my first interaction with like Kevin Smith movies. So I think it's also my favorite because of that. Right. Um, and then I went forward because I think I saw um, Chasing Amy and then I saw Clerks. And I was like, oh, and then everything after that. Oh, yeah. I think. Oh. I don't. I would think I was Clerks first, and then huh, might have been chasing Amy Mallrats. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. I love this movie. I do. I do. and I it, in some way, yeah, I love it, and I feel like I do. I was I was prepared to sort of hate it a little bit when I first started watching it. I, again, I was like, oh god, like these guys are such losers. Okay, and then. I was like, at the end, I was like, okay, yeah, that was pretty good. But also, in, to a certain, it was like there was definitely a part of my brain that was watching it. Just like, no wonder everyone our age has terrible relationships. Like, this is what, like, if we don't want to go full rom-com, then this is what we're left with. Like, good God. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. But I mean, technically, he does pull a romantic gesture at the end, but she kind of ruins with, like, the sex tape. But it is technically a big romantic gesture. I mean, the sex tape part was pretty great. But yeah. uh, listen, is there anything more romantic than exposing predators? No. I mean, no. No. Especially if they want to fuck you in the back of a Volkswagen. So, like, <laughs> nah. Um, really, I remember the first time I heard that and I was just like... All I kept thinking, I'm like, is the back of a Volkswagen uncomfortable? And it took me like four or five viewings to be like, oh, he means fuck her in the ass. Oh. <laughs> oh. Really? <laughs> I remember that taking me so long to realize. It's <laughs> just like, because even like watching it, like I know it's the joke in the movie. And every time we said like in the back of a Volkswagen and I just keep thinking about just like, I can't believe it took me so long to realize what he's actually oh, talking about. That what is terrible. wrong with you, Tracy? Cause in, cause in the movie, yeah. Every single guy says that who she's just like, Oh, the back of and every single girl is just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said like in the back of a Volkswagen. That's what have been. <laughs> that would have been on team dude there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, fair enough. <laughs> maybe i was just an innocent child at the time i wasn't ruined yet uh, right. by, by anything so i don't know i mean 
We've already discussed twice that by the time I was watching this movie, I was renting porn to my neighbors. So like, yeah, you're <laughs> that, just in- like- <laughs> that innocence, you know, blew away on the breeze. Lying on, so- yeah. I think we lost our innocence watching Boogie Nights after this, but you know, oh, that well, that'll yes. do it. Yeah, that'll definitely do it. I still <laughs> remember watching because, you know, there's all the controversies like, oh, such a big dick and blah, blah, blah. And it, so, you know, we were curious. We watched it. Yeah. And um, I was like, like we're watching, but it's like such a depressing and violent movie. Yeah. That's not what we were expecting. And we're just like, it's going to be tintillating. Oh, we're going to no. be a dick. And you're just like, it's three seconds at the end. And you're just like, okay. And it's, yeah, it's, there's nothing about that scene that's impressive. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, no, it is. It is a whole bummer. Yeah. yeah. It's all gross. Sometimes, yeah, that's one of those movies where, like, the marketing and the movie were not necessarily in sync, I feel. I think purposefully, though, because I think, like, yeah. like Dirk Diggler, when he, like, he gets into it, he has this impression that the world sure. is going to be, you know, neon lights and fun and fucking. Like, that's what he thinks it's going to be. And then it right. turns into, like, this horrible, dark depressing world of violence and abuse and you're just like okay geez that's fun that sounds great i had a less depressing but similarly wait what am i watching experience with magic mike (laughs) where (laughs) friend of the podcast leah and i were when we still lived together the boys were gone for the weekend so we were like all right girls night we like had the bottle of tequila we're gonna watch magic mike we're just gonna like call her and be you know whatever terrible Mm -hmm. and then was like we were watching it and I was like, okay, this is not, this is a Steven Soderbergh film. This is not yeah. stripper romp that we were led to believe. Like, but that's what why, the heck? But that's you why when feelings X- about things, I hate this. I want more <laughs> booty. Like, <laughs> but that's why when XSL came out, the people who liked the story was like, no, we need film. We need art. So right. they're just like, this is just booty shaking. What the hell? And then everybody was just like, finally, this is what we were looking for. Who needs a story? Nobody. It's all there. That's what the second movie is for. First that's experience. Although I'm sure that I would enjoy it immensely because, I mean, that kind of thing is like not my thing, but also like any movie where there are so many hot dudes that Matt Bomer is like that guy in the back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like one of the most attractive human beings currently on this earth he so, really like, is yeah yeah uh, he's, just, he's just the the extra you know he's just yeah. like three words the whole movie i know he's like, like, basically he literally is the guy in the back who says like yeah if you say he like i don't know tips his hat one time or whatever and mm-hmm. like, i mean you know having watched a lot of white color that's fine with me please <laughs> but yeah anywho yes Close on, close off. He's a very beautiful man. It's sure. fine. Yes. Um, just even me with those big blue eyes and uh, you, you can have whatever. The con artist thing makes absolute sense. Absolutely. Okay. Take my money. I don't care. <laughs> but that's why I'm like, um, like, have you ever watched an episode of Doom Patrol? No. Uh, well, it's a, it's a comic book TV show, but I also find it incredibly depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like though it's very good, like Brendan Fraser is one of like the actors and stuff, so is Matt Boomer. Uh, but we stand both, Brendan Fraser. But the thing is, Matt Boomer's character is like a radiation burn victim. So 90% oh. of the time he's just covered up in rags, and when he oh. uncovers, it's just like you know, flesh. But then he has like weird flashbacks where he's him, and I was like, There you are. Okay. 
I'm okay. Why would you cover that precious angel face? This is what they did. It's what they did. I don't even like want to nail him. I just want to look at him. No, he's (laughs) he's just pretty. You're just like, oh, that's what good people look like. Oh. Oh, Boogie Nights is also a P.T. Anderson movie. I should have yeah. put those two things together. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, oh, Don't- sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. That oh, also has a lot of the same long and depressing and full of interlapping storylines that just keep getting worse and worse. Yes. 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 Yeah. All the same people are in it. Julianne Moore, yep. Louis Guzman, John C. Riley, William H. Macy. Yeah. Wow. A lot of them are in here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Right. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, not in Mallrats. Not <laughs> in Mallrats. No. Actors in Mallrats. <laughs> I don't. Know. I mean, I I would think early in his career, like when he did like Goodwill Hunting. I think, I, you know, Ben Affleck thought he was an actor. Well, I mean, he gave it the old college try. Yeah, I guess he had some. The town was good. Did I see the pre like? Isn't he the main guy in the yeah. town? I'm just trying to remember if I saw it. Oh. I don't think I saw the town. I don't think I saw I mean, one. you know, it's an excellent movie that I will never watch again because it was boring. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate when that happens. You're like, it's like, so there's a difference between, you know, movies that are really good. You'll never watch it again because it like destroyed your soul. There's those. Oh, movies. yeah. And then there's movies just like, look, technically, it's great. It's it's got good storytelling, yeah. great acting and stuff. <laughs> Cinematography beautiful, but I was bored to tears. Can I go home? Yeah, like, I have no actual complaints, but also nope, <laughs> <laughs> not again. I had that problem with um the King speech where people were just oh my god, it's so good. oh my god, oh my god, Oscar blah blah blah, and then I watched it. I was so, I was so bored for the whole I, movie. Like I was I so love frustrated. Colin Firth, but I've never actually like sat down and watched that movie because it seems like a thing that I have to commit to. And I don't like that. <laughs> no, it's it's so boring. Like it just, and that's the thing. Like I cannot actually complain about it because there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. It's well acted, Not for you. well scripted. There's beautiful shots of like, you know, the English countryside and everything. Great. Yeah. But I was just like, are you uh. done yet? <laughs> just give your speech. Jeez. So probably you haven't watched the five-hour BBC Pride and Prejudice then? Of course not. No. <laughs> no. Oh, God. No. Right. Um, My dad and I watch it every year around Christmas. <laughs> Why? Because we both love it. Yeah. My so father, the, like, extremely... He, people find him very intimidating and, like, stern, which is, like, not what he's actually like but he has like a very that that's his demeanor and he's like he lo- like Jane Austen is his favorite writer and he like loves Pride and Prejudice and we like watch it together and tear up and my mother the English major is just like oh Jane Austen and goes upstairs <laughs> because she was forced to read too much Jane Austen when she, she, just, she hates She's it like, she do doesn't it understand at all and my dad and I are like yep no every every Christmas here we are watching Pride and Prejudice <laughs> I've definitely watched a version of Pride and Prejudice. I did. Is it had Kira Knightley in it? I'm. I regret to inform you, it was the wrong one. Okay, so, so then I've definitely watched the wrong one. Bullshit. Uh- <laughs> terrible casting. Not her specifically. She's fine, but mm, terrible casting. Yeah, I don't know. 
I think those are the only two I saw. Are there more? There's probably more. But yeah, no, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of I don't mind a good period piece. Yeah, there's too okay. much of like sitting in parlors and well, Mr. Darcy came over today. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't I care. mean, yeah. Yeah, that's well, it's a it's a stuffy genre. <laughs> you have to be able to roll with the stuffiness. <laughs> that is very true. I mean, Jane Austen had a real sense of humor. Like, that's one of the reasons her works endure, right? Is because, like, there's actually, like, if you actually, like, pay attention, especially to the books, like, they are very funny, but it's, Mm -hmm. like, it's a kind of humor that many people don't care about. (laughs) It's tiny humor. I don't even think it's tiny humor. I think it's patient humor. Like, you have to... I guess so. ...be patient with the context to get to the funny part of it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I never saw Emma. That's Jane Austen, right? Is Emma Jane yeah. Austen? Yes. No, yeah, there I never, are I a couple of good adaptations of that, actually. Didn't see any of them. No, Most recently, they, they have the one where- Well, you've um, probably seen Clueless. Yeah, and that's based off Emma, and I enjoyed that. Yeah. Still creeps me out that she dates her brother in the end, but whatever. They're not related. Yeah, but- He was they, barely even married to her his mother. They grew up like brother and sister. It's creepy. For like it two years. They did not grow up together. It makes me uncomfortable. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Daddy was barely even married to his mother. That's like the whole dangerous liaisons things. Like, yeah, they're stepbrother and sister. Okay, that one's big. But ew. But ew. Don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, don't. As a rule, don't nail your step siblings. But you know, <laughs> <sighs> it's technically not wrong. Fine. No. Fine. I will no. let you have that. It helps if the parents divorce and they didn't grow up together. <laughs> Every step we can take away from that is is good. But also, like, in the age of, like, we're just past the age of Game of Thrones where suddenly incest was trendy. Like, yeah, followers in the future are going to be like, what the fuck was going on? Like, it was obviously the end times. People were just like, oh, yeah, sure. Nailing our siblings and nephews. Great. Like, mm. Yeah, but I mean, I know it's Game of Thrones and it just came out within the last 10 years and everything, but you have to realize those books were originally being published in the 80s, so they've been around for a while. Incest wasn't cool in the 80s. I didn't say incest was cool. I'm just okay, saying... But the, but the, the show content. made it so that people were... There were a lot of like weird incest apologists around Game of Thrones. And it was no, like, why? oh, it's fine. No, no, it's not fine. Well, it was fine, but people were just like giving it a pass all over the place i don't know man yeah and it did end up showing up in a couple of things which was very uncomfortable it, i watched yeah. uh what's that movie called with that guy with the face what was he in that's very unhelpful i know willie's wonderland no it's like a, it's a weird a creepy movie um he was in like valerian the planet of like a thousand whatever Oh God! What's that movie called? <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna need at least one straw to grasp. There you go. <laughs> the guy in with the face in the thing. Even I'm not that good. Dane DeHane. There you go. He was in, okay. I'm gonna find the movie that I'm talking about. I don't about. know who Give that is. Second. I don't know who you're talking about, but I'm willing to go along for the ride. He was in Chronicle. Um. He was in Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. The Cure for Wellness. Okay, this is the movie that came out in 2016. Okay. And it's a, it's about this guy who's an executive and he's told to go to this retreat to just like relax and calm himself down. And he's, he's going to this retreat that is well-renowned and everything. And 
Though, hey, also, the movie has this green patina over the whole thing, which also adds the creepiness to it. And it's super creepy. There's this thing with like eels and stuff and going into oh, people no. or whatever and whatever. Mm. Super creepy. Then you no. get to the end of the movie. I swear they didn't know what they're doing. It has to do with the guy who runs a place, wanted um, a clone of his daughter because he's in love with his daughter. So you can have sex with her. And I was just like, uh. why is like up until the last 10 minutes of the movie, you're just like, it's so creepy. It's so good. It's well acted and stuff's happening. And we're going to get answers. And you're just like, oh, cult ritual in the basement so an old man can fuck his kid. Uh, and I was just like, so upsetting. And you get all the way to the last, like, the, like you're like on the home stretch, and then all of a sudden the movie fucks up. Yeah. <laughs> Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> you Pardon are the me. only person I know who said that because everybody I know loves Hereditary. No, the end like, is so stupid. They wrote a bunch of checks and they didn't cash them. It was annoying. Well, I think that's the thing that happened with this movie as well. Is like they didn't really know how to end it. So they're just like, we're going to be shocking. And I was just like, no, no, I don't like it. The worst example I've ever seen of that is a movie called The Last Exorcism. It was just like a tiny like indie movie relatively like that was, I don't know, we must have seen it at like After Dark or something. I don't know. Festival. I don't I think it's available like somewhere, but it wasn't like a big deal or anything, but it was like, you know, it was like a perfectly lovely, like fun exorcism movie. And, and, you know, we're watching it. So good. And then there was like a twist and it was like, Oh, cool. Okay. I didn't actually see that coming. And then there was another twist (laughs) and it was literally the last three minutes of the movie. And I was like, Oh, so this is the stupidest movie of all time (laughs) because (laughs) they had us. And, and yeah yeah okay. and yeah apparently that wasn't it wasn't in the original script either like it, the movie literally wasn't supposed to end like that and it was like a they last threw it in there and they just like and it was just like but you just ruined your whole movie it's so sad when that like you can pinpoint the moment where it's just like and that's yeah. where it's gone that's, if you that's just, just turn it, off so. the projector three minutes before the credits roll, this will be a lovely, awesome, fun exorcism movie. If you let it get to credits, everyone's going to walk out of the theater just like, what the balls? Why did I just watch that? What have you done? <laughs> I love the fact that you're trying to like hide what the ending of your movie is, but I'm just like, this is what happens at the end of the movie. Done. Just I don't let it out there. <laughs> it's stupid. It's similar. It's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to no. talk about it. No, I do want to talk about mall rats because there's a couple of things I picked up in this viewing that I was just like, "What?" Yeah, okay. Uh, like, there's the part where they're in Brody's basement and Sharon Doherty's getting ready. She has butterfly jeans, and I was just like, "What the fuck are you doing? What are you they're doing?" Back. I no. I was the worst. I was at Duff Mall yesterday and I saw those like unfortunate denim shorts that not only have a button fly, but like they're cut on an angle so that your butt is like squeezed uncomfortably at all times. And I was just like, is this where we fucking are again? Like maybe bring on the apocalypse. Good grief. Yeah, because aren't like low rise jeans coming back in? Apparently we're going to yeah. see a bunch of whale tail this summer again. Even like, Brittany couldn't it. pull that off at her foxiest. So exactly. like what choice do the rest of us have? Kids learn from our mistakes. You don't Canada. want the you don't want the bell bottom jeans that are just gonna be wet for the bottom six inches because we live in Canada, and you don't want the ones where everyone can see your thong and you need a bikini wax. If you need a bikini wax to wear your jeans, you've made a horrible mistake. You've Go done back it wrong. To the store. Agreed. 
ask somebody over 25 what jeans you should be wearing. <laughs> Are they going to start doing the, the what is it? The, the vajazzling. Remember that trend? Where they put up, they stuck a bunch of rhinestones on your 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 pubis. I guess it's <laughs> scientific like terms like, here, guys. That was like the least lewd way you could have said that, so it sounded so much worse. <laughs> a plus. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, I never quite understood that. Me neither. I mean, no, I don't, I don't want gems stuck to any part of my person, but especially not my sacred space. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I just think it would be incredibly uncomfortable in every way. Like why? I don't, you know what? I'm not even going to think about it. It's also, I just hope it doesn't come back. Well, Brazilian to make that make sense. And I, that also makes me uncomfortable. So yes. Yeah. All of those things. Um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just, I just also remember I used to have, um, the, like the raver jeans, like, you know, the ones that are just stupid wide at the bottom. Uh huh. Those are the Not ones. Bell bottoms. The bottom six inches will be wet, like two thirds of the year. Yeah. yeah, I wore bell bottoms. I wore stupid platform shoes. I I wore all kinds of stupid shit. Discos, all the '70s stuff. But also, I mean, you know, it's all cyclical, and everybody, you know, thinks they're hot shit when they look like an idiot when they're 17 or 23 or whatever. But like, we knew we were doing '70s shit. That was like the deal. It's like, oh, the '70s are back, and our parents were like, oh no. <laughs> But like, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, we're like going full 70s in our outfits. I feel like the new trend is like Gen Z kids being like, we've come up with this wonderful thing to do with jeans. And it's like, first of all, no, you didn't. And second of all, not wonderful. Yeah, there was like a whole bunch of articles about this new thing, a skirt. It's skirt with shorts. And you're just like, that's what? That is not a new thing. (laughs) So the Subaru Mafia needs to fucking riot about that. <laughs> Never seen a that sport isn't before. even in my pet. Like that's like <laughs> that's still going. Um, yeah, I so Canadian Music Week was a couple weeks ago, and I ended up on a booze cruise with bands <laughs> from the Toronto Harbor. How are you still alive? You should just have like alcohol poisoning and should be laid up like i don't know i was actually extremely sensible about the alcohol because i was basking in the sun and like one or the other i'm too pale for that shit (laughs) anyway but uh, but yeah so it was like and it was like a networking event and whatever blah 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 and i was not there to network i was there to like have some beers in the sun and listen to some bands so it was like much less stressful for me than most people but also like so many people in that boat were obviously like dressed up to look cool and uh <laughs> me and them managed okay <laughs> but but i was sitting on a couch on the upper deck and there most people were standing so i was literally like basically at waistline level with like 90 percent of the people on this boat nobody's pants fit nobody's <laughs> like <laughs> like like it was unreal it was just like, like Everybody, like, was I like, know is you too- got up and you tried to make yourself look cool in case you met somebody important today, but it looks like you woke up in the bedroom of a stranger and couldn't find your own pants. And so you grabbed jeans that are not your size. Like, why do they end three inches above your ankle? Why are they like, you know, why can I see them gapping at the waistband? Why are your thighs like, why do they flap when you walk too fast? Like, what? Your pants do not fit. <sighs> You know what? You know what I blame that on? I blame that on people who only look at themselves 
in the front when they're putting on their clothes and they don't turn around to be like, does this actually fit? Because a lot of people don't, especially people with like crazy hairstyles and stuff. It is very yeah. clear. Like, you know, the girls that have like long hair and no matter what you do, their hair is always like in the front, yeah. but in the back, you're just like, what did, what did, did a bird lie in the back of your yeah, head yeah. or something? There must be some to- term related to like Zoom, your Zoom dressed or whatever. Cause yes. like, Cause we all do that for meetings. Right. I for mm-hmm. sure do that. We're like the front third of my hair is like perfectly straight. And then the rest is just like, bitch, no, why am I out yeah. of bed? Yeah. And I'm, <laughs> I'm wearing like a dicky that makes it look like I have proper clothes on. Sure. And I'm like, I put no. on a cardigan, but I'm wearing like Daisy Dukes and slippers. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> I have a feeling people are just like, Oh no, they're only seeing this part. Not, yeah. you know, once you walk past, we can see the back yeah, of you. you- yeah but also yeah jeans that are like yeah like okay fine you want to wear like baggier jeans that's fine i'm like i'm a devotee of skinny jeans so like i'm old and terrible but also like you know whatever fine but but also like the the awkward lengths where it's like how come you your jeans are like mid calf and now you look like a hobbit when you're actually like tall and hot if you had dressed yourself with a full length mirror to hang that's one <laughs> thing that drives me crazy of like skinny girls who wear clothes, like they insist they're a size two, but really they're a size four, but they're like, no, I'm going to wear a size two. Oh, and it just makes yeah. you look fatter. Cause you're yeah. like, you're like, you look like a sausage casing. Like you're yeah. top hard. And yeah. it's just like, but you weigh a hundred pounds. Why does it look like you weigh 200 pounds? Like, yeah. It's if like, you if dress- you just wear clothes that fit, if you, you dress for your body, you would look like a million bucks. Instead, you look like a counterfeit five. Stop it. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, I know you. I've, I've yeah. seen you look good. What is going on here? It's there was a girl on the boat that was wearing like full club gear. Like she was wearing like fully like a club dress and four inch heels and like, you know, the nails, the lashes, the whole and like whatever. Okay. That's cool. I mean, if you're doing that on a boat cruise that leaves at 2 p.m., like, I don't understand your life, but like, whatever, get it, girl. You look good. Mm-hmm. But also her purse was Prada, but it was so ugly. I thought it was guess. <laughs> and I was like, okay, once I clocked the label, I was like, okay, now I'm sad for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, that's like a $4,000 person. It looks like a mess. A lot of people do not realize just because it's expensive doesn't mean it's classy. Like, no, no. like there's a lot of expensive brands in there that make ugly things. It doesn't yeah. mean you should buy it just because it's the thing. Yeah. Just the last walk thing away. I blocked was the label. I'd already noticed how ugly and cheap looking it was before. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh dear, that's Prada. I'm so and sad. you know what? She probably caught you staring. It was just like, she thinks I look great and my bag is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I hope so. Cause I don't want to be rude, but also mm-hmm. girl. Yeah. My other thing is, it's like, I, I don't, makeup is great. Wear makeup, do whatever. But most of the time, the amount of makeup and things people do to their face, oh, I'm yeah. just like, a, how do you have so much time to do all of that to your face? And B, why don't you want to look like yourself? Like, what is so wrong that you 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 hate your own face in such a way that you have to do this to yourself? I was out for like, l- like lunch on Sunday at down on King Street, which like that was our first mistake. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And our server was like it wasn't that busy, but our server was like stressed and she was like kind of a disaster, and so. This is like, okay, well, this is happening, I guess. But like, you know, we're on a patio on King Street. Fine. And then, but yeah, at a certain point, you know, one of the people I was with was just like, what? What is the deal? Like, why is this? Why? What is going on? And I was like, 
there must be something we're not seeing because anybody who works a lunch shift on a like outdoor patio on King street, wearing full club makeup, like there's like, this job is stressful in some way we cannot determine. Like (laughs) like, there's no reason for what's going on here. Unless there's like some asshole inside wrecking her life. Basically. That probably is what's happening. Yeah. Like I was like, this is not like, I don't think this is, (laughs) I don't think she's chosen to be here in this circumstance (laughs) or behaving this way. (laughs) I think, (laughs) Yeah, she's going through something. We should be supportive. Yes, just you know, just be nice, just be patient. It's yep. okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't love this, but I yeah, I, I you feel accept beautiful. it for what it is. Why? Why? Whatever has caused you to get the dolled up to this level at this hour? Yeah, that's nice. one thing that always used to get me, like going to school and stuff. And it's like seven thirty in the morning, and you got you've got on full makeup, oh, and I'm no. just like. What time did you wake up to do this? I woke up 20 minutes before I was supposed to jump in the car and I'm half dressed coming to school. Yet you were in full, full makeup. That probably took like an hour and a half to do. Right. Like, what did you do? How were we you doing this? We didn't have a lot of that because we wore uniforms, but. Oh, we wore uniforms, but people used to put on their face. Oh. Mm, all there the were some, but like it wasn't. But it always made me laugh because when we had like casual dress days or whatever, oh, we didn't have to wear the uniforms. It was like the younger you were, the more dressed up you. So like when it's like grade seven or eight or nine or whatever, people would like wear outfits and everyone's also. And then like by the time you hit grade like 11, you're like, I'm wearing my fucking pajamas. Like, get out of my way. <laughs> I, used to, I, I still do it. I wear jeans and a t-shirt 98% of the time. That's just what I do. Okay. Uh, my only thing was I used to wear overalls sometimes. I had three pairs of overalls, a denim one, a white one, and a black one. Oof, if I wore white overalls, look at you. It was real fancy. But if I wore the white overalls, it always had a black t-shirt and black socks with it. But oh. if I wore the black overalls and had a white teacher with white socks. And if it was denim, everything has to be colors. <laughs> that was it. No, no, that was it. There was, there was coordination. Right. With the overalls. Well, overalls are back apparently. Cause I saw some of those on the boat too. Yes. I have been told I'm not allowed to buy any by several friends. They're like, no, you're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? I it looks comfy. It's not, it's not, it's not, don't do it. <laughs> If only because you like to drink in public and why do you want to like have to strip all the way down? Yeah, but they're overalls. It's it's better than like a jumper. At least I'll still have a shirt on. It's it's like just blown out pants. It's the same Is thing. your argument that it's better than a romper? Because that's yes. like the literal definition of damning with faint praise. <laughs> I mean, a romper, you're standing in a public bathroom naked. Yeah, but if you're wearing denim overalls, the chances of them hitting the bathroom floor and then coming back to your shoulders are, like, way higher than I'm comfortable with. That is true. But you don't have to, like, unhook it. You just put it over your shoulder. Just, you know. It's fine. If you have to do a little dance to go to the bathroom, I feel like probably you've taken a left turn at Albuquerque, you know? (laughs) I will take your thoughts into consideration. <laughs> yeah. Jess is walking around with a fanny pack as a purse. So, you know, I got I got thoughts to spare. Yeah, but that's a that's a fashion thing now. That's what they mm-hmm. sell. I know it's fucking awful and stupid, mm-hmm. and I keep telling her that, but or yeah. they have they have, they actually have like the fanny packs that they don't even have a strap, they actually like just hook onto your like your belt loops. 
they like snap into place. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, well, so fashion's disgusting. Should we go back <laughs> to the mall? <laughs> Did you see the fashion in this movie? Like, like there's the there's the one scene where you um where you meet Shan Doherty and she's shopping, and the whole wall behind her is flower dresses and denim skirts, and you're just like, oh my but it's god, all, no. like you could walk into like if you showed the movie to a Gen Z, they'd be like, oh cute, it looks like H and M, like. All that shit is back. It is back. It's all it's back. It's so painful. It's so yeah. painful. It's brutal. Um, although when we're on the subject of going shopping for clothes, uh, Joey Lauren Adams is a joy. And also all of her scenes with the, the scene where she's trying on her un- the underwear in yeah. the middle of the store. And she's like, I know, some perk keeps busting in. So why not? Just, just yeah. let it have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's hilarious. This is awesome. Yeah. That wasn't really funny though. <laughs> the, 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 the party where you fucked whoever on the pool table. Like, I was in costume. Nobody knew it was me. Like, oh, pumpkin. <laughs> of course they knew. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, some of those outfits in the movie, because every time you see Shannon Doherty, she's wearing a different outfit, like every time. Yeah. Um, and a couple of them were like okay and passable, and a couple of them were just like this is so 90s it hurts and there's some hipster zillennial or whatever what are they called now gen z are the children is it gen z there's the children yeah. now yeah okay. the tiktok children are gen z okay well they're like oh my god that is so hot i'm gonna get that i'm like no please don't we don't need this before yeah. you know they're gonna have butterfly clips in their hair again like oh that's already started there are tiktok <sighs> videos teaching people like oh, i discovered this great new thing this is how you put these clips in your hair and it's like again you did not discover it but also wait not not the giant claws but remember no, like, no butterfly t- clips yeah no. yeah no no the ones the ones that everybody wore to like their prom where you twisted the stuff in the yeah and they Idiot. were all neon colored all the time or like see-through and sparkles and yeah there was glitter i don't know i don't i can't even at that time i thought butterfly clips were stupid like yeah i definitely i was like less into that because i had hair like down to my butt Mm -hmm. my whole teenage life so like as much as butterfly clips didn't do anything they did like even less for me because i just had this like massive curtain of hair yeah so yeah maybe for there might have been a formal where one or two were deployed. I don't know. But like also for my grad formal, I wore like a pink iridescent, like poofy princess dress because I thought it was hilarious. So it was like so contrary to everything that was like <laughs> I would yeah. chose to like do and be. And people at my school when I showed up were just like, oh, my God, look at you. And I was like, yeah. well, like they were probably so confused. Just like, they were oh, extremely yeah. confused. It was hilarious. And then as soon as we <laughs> left the formal and went to like the after party, I put on like combat boots and a black hoodie and was like, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. We should have I mean, taken I was... like dressing tips from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, not the TV show. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Same similar principle. <laughs> you just gotta throw a, a leather jacket on top of it and you're good to go. Yeah. Yeah way to be man way to be but what's funny is like all the guys in it like you could pick them up out of the movie and put them in now and you're just like yeah i saw that guy walking down the street yesterday yeah oh yeah yeah their stuff's all very generic and although can we talk about the london twins for a minute because they were like the dudes 
right? At like, the time, yes. But they disappeared surprisingly quickly. I feel like one or the other of them got like perhaps stuffed into rehab by law enforcement at some point. So that might have been a factor. But they were like it boys in the 90s and they were fucking dreamy and they had that stupid 90s haircut that like that makes every girl swoon every time i mean yeah, yeah it's like oh haha things are so 90s but then i was like looking at jeremy london in the movie and i was like yeah no i still hit it like ugh. it's true <laughs> <laughs> i'm printed on that hair i had an ex with that hair and i like thought it was cute as hell so that's something i'm never getting back <laughs> no no, it still works. I tell you, it still works. Yeah, I can't wait till I watch like Romeo and Juliet and see like Leo DiCaprio in that. Oh my god, <gasps> I can't. I see, I never found him that attractive, but I love that movie. Like, it's just mm-hmm. so so good. No, yeah. but no, that scene where you first meet him and he's on the stage and he turns around. I still remember. Probably shouldn't. Be, no, it's it's a while, but I still remember because our it's like. English classroom school had just finished reading Romeo and Juliet. So oh, yeah. our thing was we get to go watch Romeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. And that scene happens in the movie, and literally every girl in there were like, <sighs> you know, yeah. it was a, a full sigh. And all the boys were just like, oh, we're fucked. Like, <laughs> yeah, you are. Not yeah. the fun way. No, yeah. Exactly. That scene with the, the aquarium was just mm-hmm. like, oh, did you design this for me? Because I love aquariums and I might lust after teenage Romeo, but I sure as hell lust after Claire Danes. Like, dang. <laughs> I like all sides of this equation. <laughs> Give me like more. they were perfectly cast for that time period. They were. And they're like they're such good actors, like both of them, that I was just yeah. like, oh, it's just great. And yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm already flustered thinking about it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, if we're going to revisit the 90s, maybe I need to take another <laughs> stroll down that lane. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, but yes. <laughs> anyway, so yes, Lust After Jeremy London. Jason Lee is terrible. Yes. But I mean, love him to death, but not like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think he's great. I think I would be a good friend to Jason Lee. I think we'd he hang out. He seems like him. he'd be fun to go for milkshakes with, but mm-hmm. like. And yes. some of it's just his voice, too, because it's not even like in every role he's in, regardless of what he's doing. It's just like, oh, God. Yeah. But he also <laughs> he always plays like the lovable, snarky asshole. And you're just like, yeah. how do you how do you bridge this gap? Usually it's snarky asshole and lovable. How do you how do you put those two things together? Because even when he did. um, So when he did the voice of Syndrome and the Incredibles and stuff, he still had that like, you know, he's the bad guy, you know, you shouldn't like the bad guy, but you get the bad guy. And he just seems fun for some reason, even though, you know, if somebody like comes after you, he'd probably let you die. But it's yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, no, it's true. He's charming even when he's monologuing and being an asshole. Exactly. Also, throw back to our first podcast episode, Almost Famous. He's only oh, the yeah. fucking lead singer. Yeah, that's right. He's a complete jackass in the, that movie, but also it's like, yeah, I kind of see your point. Yeah, <laughs> Russell's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but, sure, yeah. I, for- I forgot he was in that. That was a while ago. Tracy, uh. he's only the fucking lead singer. <laughs> I like I think I said this like that was like the second the time second I'd time ever, ever watched, watched the movie, movie. <laughs> and that yeah. was the first time we did the podcast so I was like massively over prepared and read like 20 <laughs> interviews with Cameron Crowe yeah and now you all the stuff I already knew and then was just like wait you don't love this movie I thought you love this movie isn't that what we're doing <laughs> 
It's nope. just like I'm just watching it monologuing. Like, no, yeah. but I actually think I think my favorite on the podcast is when somebody either really likes something and knows too much about it, or they had never seen it before, and I get to see they're like they're like, oh, I'm, I'm introducing something new to you, and I get to see your reaction. Okay, this is cool. This is cool. Those Fair, are my favorite. Yeah. Yes, I mean all the in between stuff is great. I just like talking to my friends about movies. You guys know that. Yeah. Um, so like it's it's just fun to see you know people's reactions it's great well yeah i mean a bunch of the movies that we've watched when i've done episodes are ones that i haven't seen in forever and so it's like yeah it's like i vaguely i have an impression of this movie like how does it hold up yeah well even this movie i haven't seen it in probably 10 years and i still love it like i said but it's just I, I love being forced to rewatch something sometimes, especially when it holds up and it's still good. And, yeah. you know, the movie finishes and I was just like, you know, the Weezer song is playing. They're walking out from the sunset with Suzanne, you know, Brody hosting the Tonight Show. And, you yeah. know, the guy gets told he gets to see the boat and you're just like, oh, this is so good. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It left me in a good mood. And that's one thing I loved about it yeah I think- no I remembered it being funny but I also like did not expect the extent to which I was cackling yeah. <laughs> like I hope that I don't wake up my household because I can't <laughs> stop laughing <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, it had some really good laughs in it nice but the thing is just like some of the humor is so of that time period that I think you know, Gen Z's won't get half of it because, you know, like the part where the, where he turns to Shandorty and he's like, oh, what's her 90210 character again? Um, Brenda. Brenda. Yeah, he turns and he's like, Brenda. And she's like, takes him as like, asshole and walks away. They're not going to understand no. that. They're not. They're never going to well, get it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it would be interesting to see what a kid would take from that movie because, like, everything about it basically is foreign, right? Like, yeah. like we were talking about with Magnolia about how, like, every situ- like so many situations would have been different with, like, more cell phones or more Google. Mm-hmm. Mallrats is much more so because, like, all of that would have been dealt with via text. Nobody would have left their pajamas. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, but like, I mean, it would have been like fully litigated via like you know shady Insta posts and text messages, and nobody would have gone outside. So- no, I actually think the two guys would have gone to the mall, but they would just been on their phone the whole time, just tip tapping away, not talking also, to what each would other. They have been anyway. doing at the mall, like they, like it's they, something to do. Did, did you want to get out of your house? I mean, I used to do that, or actually, I still do that every once in a while. I'm just like, sure. I want to, like you know how people are just like, just go for a walk. I'm like, if I don't have a destination, I can't just go for a walk. Oh, yeah. No, I hate aimless walking. It's, yeah. It's, so it's, sometimes it's, what I do, I'm just like, happy. I'm going to go to the mall or I'm going to go to a, sure. like the grocery store sometimes and just like buy random things. But you have a destination. Like, I don't yeah. do kids still hang out in malls. I don't think so. I've seen kids in malls. Not to the same extent. Yeah. But sometimes it's more along the lines of an excuse not to be around their parents. So they're not. Sure. It's not like in in like um like mean girls and clueless and stuff where they went to the mall and they went shopping and they chit-chatted and meet up with people and stuff no i think they go to yeah. the mall they find somewhere to sit and they hang on their phone with the free wi-fi yeah that's it. oh yeah that makes sense yeah that's yeah. true 
So, I mean, um, I think that's how this movie would have been if it was done now, which is like they go to the mall and it's just shit talking on Twitter or Insta. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, may I say one of the things that I had completely forgotten in the movie that I loved so much was that whole debate about whether the cookie place was in fact part of the food court. That is also one of my notes. That I was like just face down in my pillow howling just like this is the dumbest conversation that I have like had so many versions of <laughs> with my dearest and dearest like <laughs> yeah it's true yeah this mm-hmm. is exactly the kind of stupid argument I love to have and like you know you're like you're you're true bros when you can like <laughs> this is how you spend your time together exactly it's just like this is a pointless argument but I'm gonna tell you why I'm right <laughs> Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. there's there's no reason Brody should argue that it's not part of the food court. Who cares? But he's just like, no, no, but it's it not. not part but of the food he's court. Right, but also they're both right. right. Like, yes, an argument can be made both ways, so they both make the argument, and then I I do more agree with Brody. I yeah, do than TS, but yeah, it's more yeah. geography. But also TS had a solid argument considering he was wrong. So. That's very true. It's very true. Yeah. Because no, you can see how he, he made yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But also before that, the, everything you said about like Superman and Lois having bib, it's true. Like I completely agree. That's why it blows my mind every time you see like a storyline where Lois has Superman's baby. I'm just like, no, that's craziness. No. Has Twilight taught people nothing? There's no <laughs> this cross species shit is no good. Oh yeah, she almost dies and then she gets turned into a vampire, right? Why do I know these things when I haven't even? I mean, I've never really actually taken in the twelve, but I think that I think there's an extraction. Anyway, whatever. No, wait, you haven't. I I actually assumed you'd watch this not for like not because you think it's quality programming, but generally because don't you like those shitty movies sometimes? (sighs) So (laughs) I can't even take offense to that because I still love Riverdale. But yes, I love. I love trash. I love it. It is like my favorite thing. If 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 you if it seems like the writers were in full on like, all right, hold my beer mode, then it's probably for me. Yeah. Twilight is just bad. Okay. Yes. Like it's a weird Mormon abstinence parable. It is like bad messaging. It is bad writing. It is bad casting. It's bad lighting. Like, <laughs> ow. 150 year old virgin watches high school girl sleep while he has odd structural hair and is in grayscale ish except his lips (laughs) oh miss me with that shit (laughs) yeah like i don't know i regularly say this like if i can't if i haven't watched it i'm not allowed to critique it is one thing i like to tell myself so i i like i honestly don't have an interest in twilight but i also honestly want to watch it just so i can like actively shit talk it but i don't i don't have like what is it like eight hours or whatever like i don't i don't have that time you know what i i thought i thought i should like read the books and i was like because yeah i mean i again i like obviously i have opinions about it and a lot of it is just like have teenage girls not been fucked over enough? Like, do we really have to, you know, lionize predators to that extent? Like, that's brutal. Yeah. Um, but also, I was like, I should really read these books. I just like kind of hadn't gotten around to it. And then 
for reasons that don't need expo- explanation. I was in a Walmart in Kenora, Ontario, and I needed something to read. And I picked up the copy of whatever the first book is. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then as I was like about to move away from that aisle, I actually like read the back cover and I was like, the copy on this is so bad that I cannot in good conscience spend $7 on it. Like, <laughs> like I literally can't get past what the publisher thought they should put on the back as a blurb. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, no, <laughs> no, no. And no. back on the shelf you go. Yeah, yes. back on the shelf. I'm just going to like moonwalk out of there and maybe sanitize. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> and then also it's Bond 50 Shades, which is like even more of a horrible messaging disaster. Yes. I did watch so, the first movie and I hate myself for it because yeah, what yeah. the fuck? I read, I made it through the first chapter and then I was like, I literally can't do this. Mm. I have to go shower. Yeah, he's predatory and it's gross and it's it's both. They're gro- It's it's just like yeah, manipulation jamboree of horror and I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I put that yeah, to I an mean, end real quick. Like I don't. Yeah. Again, like as I was saying about like the beginning of Mallrats, like I don't love that these guys who like do the least are you know getting the girls because they think it's okay because they've done one thing whatever like i don't those relationships are not the best and probably they are not that happy going Mm -hmm. forward but whatever at least they're not like actual predators (laughs) well to be honest ts um and what is claire flumey's character's name i don't brandy brandy um like she doesn't actually say like their relationship isn't bad. Like she doesn't give proper examples of why their relationship is bad, but you understand them breaking up at the beginning because you're just like, you don't seem to care. You're not listening to me. What is your problem? Please leave is essentially what happens. But Renee, Shandorty's character gives very clear examples as yeah. to why she's breaking up with Brody. And so she like, writes the I, whole letter. He frames it and everything. Yeah. And I'm like, like, why are you getting back together with him? And she's like, I love the word that we don't ever use anymore. Yeah. Um, and I'm just like, all I can think of is just like, but why? No. Like, I know, I know this is just like the happy movie ending. So they have to get together. Well, yeah. But, but- in reality, she'd get up and be like, go fuck yourself. Right. I mean, she, well, whatever. Obviously, like, they've been broken up for, like, six hours or whatever. <laughs> That's true, yes. And also fucked in the elevator in the interim. So, like, does that restart the clock? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Four and a half hours after their breakup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's, he does something, like, very, very charming and whatever. So, okay, yeah, she's, like, you know, she's into that, whatever. And also her date has been proven to be a little... A whore, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so like, obviously they're going to, you know, get down that night. But also like, is that the foundation for an ongoing relationship? It's not. I'm not really sure. I mean, it's the foundation for what a lot of relationships look like, but whether that's a good idea or not, less clear. Yeah, I think it's a pretty bad idea, oh. to be honest. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Entertainment, the entertainment industry does not model good relationships, like as a rule. <laughs> they almost never surprisingly yes that is correct lots Um, of toxic nonsense everywhere and like yeah ts and brandy might make it if they get away from her father mm -hmm. but uh, but also i don't know and as long as he isn't selfish about his wants compared to her wants well i mean they seem to have come to some sort of agreement because they got married in front of jaws which was funny after graduation like he said they would yes yeah 
Yeah. I did kind of dig that because it sort of seemed like, like she must've been all the way on board if that was what was happening. Right. Uh Like, and yeah, I mean, the implications at the beginning of the movie were like, no girl would ever find that romantic. And like, that's not true. No, that's no. There are some people who don't like the same things as quote unquote typical. Yeah. Like, you know how, like, um, when they're in the elevator, Renee's, like, bitching, like, I don't you know what, and you go shopping, you go places, like, with you and stuff. Yeah. And she's, like, ranting on, like, no, you took me here, here, here. And then she starts seeing the thing about the comic books. I mean, it was, they were obviously talking about the Amalgam series and all that kind of stuff with the variant covers. And I was just, like, I, I would care. I, I would I would like to be there. That would that would have been great. Yeah. Like, no, you know. that's, that's the, yeah, that's the thing is, like, there are people, like, you you can have a partner who shares your interests and you can be respectful of the times when you got your interests don't overlap. Like there's no, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think like, I think this is a problem with a lot of people have is that they, you know, like the media presented to them or things, how women are shown as women. They're just like, no, a woman isn't supposed to like these things. Therefore, if I like these things, what am I? And people get confused and they get depressed sure. and, all this kind of stuff because they're not being allowed to be who they are. And then when they do finally get there and then you get like the toxic male people and like, you know, the people who are like gatekeeping of, of something. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. And you're just like, you know, just let people like what they like. Yeah. Just if they say they like it, just be like, okay, I like it too. And then you talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Don't quiz them and then tell them if they get an answer wrong, that they're not a real fan. I'm like, but why does that not make them a fan? They know about it. They like it. Let it be. My favorite ever example of that in my personal life was somebody, a dude in my hockey pool. I smoked everyone in the first round of the playoffs. Like they mathematically could not come back in my first year in my hockey pool. And, uh, and even years later, he still is like not over it, which is hilarious too. But this is like, Oh, but like you just guessed, right? I was like, it's fantasy hockey. Literally everyone was guessing. That's how fantasy sports work. <laughs> like he just couldn't, he just thought I like, I don't know, threw a dartboard at it chart or something well i mean you're a girl and it's hockey so you can't make you know he literally just was like you it must have been totally random right it's like no (laughs) no i made a series of excellent choices and smoked your ass (laughs) sorry sorry not sorry no my my thing is with like nerd fandoms like i still remember i was in um high school yes i was in high school i was talking to this guy and we were talking about wolverine and i was just like no wolverine is this and this is what's happening and blah blah blah. and this was right around the time where he had his adamantium removed and he got like went feral and everything and um he was talking about that and i was just like yeah that did happen but then you know these five other things happened right after that so he does have his adamantium back he's like no he's not he only had bone claws and blah blah blah. this before like origin came out which he originally had bone claws and all that kind of stuff and literally the next day I walked and I'm like, here's the comic book flip page over here. I know what I'm talking about. And that was the first time I was accepted as a nerd because I showed them the nerd thing to prove I was a nerd. Yeah. But until I proved it, I wasn't allowed to like comic books or Wolverine because I was a girl and girls don't do that. Yeah, no. And like, yeah, media is very damaging in the sense that like, yeah, either like it's like th- there are things that you're allowed to like as a girl or you're like a not a typical girl, which is like, I don't need to compete 
working with people who have like you know lash extensions and can keep their nail polish on for more than two days like whatever no yeah. girl if you want it do it but i'm not that or, girl but also or like, like uh or like the the comment that is supposed to be a compliment but isn't a compliment like when the nerd the the hot guy likes the nerd girl and he's like you're not like other girls like other like, girls yeah really like i don't that's not a compliment having worked in male-dominated music industry for a decade like yeah sometimes it was better when people just forgot i was a girl but also like (laughs) yeah yeah you're not like other girls setting setting oneself up as i'm not like other girls toxic Yes, it is. Yeah, no, Again, but for, there's nothing wrong with being like other girls. But I'm for a very girl. long time, especially like our generation was like, oh, yeah, you know, not being like other girls is actually a compliment. Yeah. That means you're special. I'm like, no, that's not what that means. That's not what that means at all. If you yeah. want to say someone is special, just tell them they're special. But to, t- to single sure. them out from part of their identity is not no it's not it's not a compliment healthy it's It's not not complimentary no matter who's thinking it or saying it is no good yeah very true very true yes um let's see what else do i have here yeah i mean yeah this movie is in a lot of ways just like stereotypes on parade but also it manages to be like woke enough to be super charming about it so like okay so talking about being woke and super charming like the the story brody tells about like the spooning and his arm placement <laughs> and then the, the cashier gets it and cries and walks away i was yeah. just like, like it's a it's <laughs> i mean a relationship i can't figure out what to do with it. yeah exactly and it's yeah. just like it's it's a it's not a typical way somebody would describe you know you wanting to be close but also there's a distance yeah but, at the same time, like he says it perfectly. And I love that his two friends are just like, that doesn't make sense. Cause they've obviously not experienced that, but the cashier was just like, I know what this is. Oh God. I know what oh, this no. is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is really good. That was great. Yeah. I actually, I don't know why I forgot about that scene, but that scene is so good. Like it's, it's so, so per- well, perfect. But also it's so funny because Brody like talks so much shit. Right. But then every once in a while he says something that you're just like, oh, direct shot. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean they do comment on that when they're in like the flea market and stuff well and, yeah like, he straight up is just like wait you're listening to me i'm just talking all this truth <laughs> he's like every once in a while you drop a nugget of truth and it's true that's what he it's does true. it's true yeah like 80 percent of the stuff he says like throw it out you know but you know that 20 right. that's there you're just like yeah okay that's yeah. good like just that's because he's loud says. doesn't mean he's wrong <laughs> Yeah. Also, the oh. topless psychic was one of the things that, like, I just, I thought it was hysterical the first time. I thought it was hysterical the most recent time. Like, I just, she's so great. <laughs> so good. What was really funny about it was like, so uh, Brody makes a comment, like octopusy in here, you know? And yeah. I was just like, oh, that's a throwaway dirty joke. He's being weird and whatever. Uh, but no, the lady who plays Ivana, Priscilla Barnes, was actually in a James Bond movie, which was like to kill. <laughs> but so there is an actual bond reference in there that's amazing yeah i went i went and looked it up because i was just like no that's like a like a i would actually expect to say like you know something lame like arabian nights or or like aladdin or something like but octopusy was like overly specific but octopusy does take place in like 
the Middle East and there are lots of like drapes and carpets and whatever. I should sure. know where that movie actually takes place. I, so I get it, but I thought it was can't really say funny. I've had the pleasure, but yes. Yes. That I just thought it was very funny that she was actually in a Bond movie. So yeah, anyway. that's great. And yeah. Also, I felt I thought that scene was like extra special hilarious. I don't think I clocked this the last time I watched this movie, but like because he like Brody's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna Ivanka or whatever, but like He's obviously never seen her. Like, he's obviously never actually, like, ponied up the cash to go see her because he's, like, shocked and appalled by the third yeah, but, but I also think it's just, but, like, he would never go there by himself because he's not a creep, you know? But if he's taking well, his friend... It's just... No, but it's funny because he's, like... Oh, so, okay, that's not how I was thinking of it. I was thinking of it as, like, he's, like, he's been too cheap to do it. Now he's, like, oh, his friend is in distress and he can, like, you know, get him some quote-unquote good advice and also, like, you know, see some tits. And cool. But then (laughs) you, like... (laughs) Yeah, he just he just like super can't handle it. And, you know, his buddy is enlightened. So it all works out beautifully. But also it's like if you've been like lightly peeping this topless psychic long enough that all the like dudes in the flea market know your name, but you've never coughed up to just like see her tits, even though that's like a perfectly rational transaction. Like, no fucking wonder you got dumped, dummy. (laughs) Good God. Yeah, I think it's just an experience he didn't want to do by himself. Not maybe it isn't because he thinks other people think he's creepy. It might think it might be that he's cheap, but also I'm just he he's not a, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this by myself. But he's never recruited a friend to split it just because like he obviously this is like obviously a long term thing because again all the dudes at the flea market know him like. Mm-hmm. He's a regular and he's been scoping this shit out. And now he's just like, oh, my buddy is like emotionally vulnerable. I better hit his wallet and his like heartstrings. Mm. Like that's I would like to just believe he's cheap. <laughs> or or it could also be that um he's never thought of a proper question to ask, go in and ask her and doesn't want to be like, show me your boobs. That doesn't sound like Brody. That doesn't sound like Brody now that I've said it. That's true. <laughs> Okay, I mean, he's it's got good. a lot of faults, but being up front isn't really on the list. He is very cheap. He's he he's spent half the he spent half the movie with like the tiny sample cup going to places getting drinks. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he doesn't have a job, so he has to be cheap because yeah. But also, he has a crazy comic book collection. But he's been collecting since he was a kid, so it's fine. Also. That's only valuable if he sells them, which is never going to happen. So. No. Yeah, my mom has tried to get me to sign my uh, sell my comic books. I'm just like, no, I've read these. I, I like them. I I reference yeah. them. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's not how this works. That's not how this works at all. No, yeah. no, not at all. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also did like, this reminded me like when Stan Lee showed up. That, oh, Stan Lee. I know. He looks so young. I know he's so young and spry. I couldn't. Yeah. I I was just yeah. yeah yeah. And so I was just thinking, I'm like, oh yeah, in his last appear, like his last cameo that wasn't animated, um, he shows up in Captain Marvel and he's reading the Mallrat script. Yeah, like, yeah. When he's on the bus, that's what he's reading. And I was just like, oh, that's so cute. Things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like an MCU nerd. I'm not even a comics nerd, but. Stan Lee walked by me one time at Fan Expo and I was just like, 
<laughs> well, the one time I could have gotten to see him, he didn't show up because he was he was not feeling well. And I was just Aww. like, I missed it. And then he never came <laughs> back. <laughs> it was the I, last chance I had. I yeah, it was oh fan expo a bunch of years ago. And I like this was yeah, even before I was an MCU nerd, I think, but I was still like, that's fucking Stanley. But also, yeah, he just like walked by me and I was like, that's so cool. And then like three minutes later, Hulk Hogan tried to walk by me, but he like moves like he's animatronic because he just like fucked himself so badly. And I was just like, isn't Stanley like 90 and Hulk Hogan like 65? Because Stanley looks like he could kick that guy's ass. Like this is awkward and weird. (laughs) (laughs) It's what you do to your body, man. It's what you do to your body. Seriously. Seriously. It was, yeah, it was, it was a very... Interesting and stark contrast, we'll say. So, so question. So a question that was asked in the movie, what comic character, if you could be any comic book character, what comic book character would you want to be? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, too, it's too difficult. There's too many out there as well. I don't know. Well, this is my current answer. It's not my final answer. I reserve the right to, uh, you know, make changes or whatever later. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't read comics. So, you know, take that into account. Well, okay. Based on comic book no, movies. I, I know, no, no, no. I, I mean, I know a lot about a lot of comic book characters between movies and reasons. And... Um, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's a tough question because obviously there are pros and cons of all of them. Yeah. And there's so many, like so many. Yes. But uh, I'm going Captain America. Of course you are. I'm not surprised, but yes. Okay. Well, why do you think I said that? Because you love Captain America. Well, but also yeah. he's, he's kind of great, like personality wise <laughs> and nice. Okay. He uses his power justly. Things like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait, yeah. So wait. No, I think. So okay. Okay. The way you asked me, <laughs> why did you pick Captain America? <laughs> well, I think. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think he has such like an incredible origin story, right? Being like small and powerless and unremarkable, and getting an opportunity to you know, reverse all of those things, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I mean, obviously the American thing is not ideal. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, here we all are. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. And like, obviously he went through some incredible nonsense. And I would like to think that if I became Captain America, I would handle my fucking PTSD before yes. it, you know, <laughs> leveled cities and whatnot but but i mean imagine having the kind of lifespan where you could watch literal generations as they develop i mean i can talk shit about gen z all i like but like i'm fascinated by what they're getting up to and like you know having that kind of extended lifespan and having the ability to like like the strength and the also like the mental acuity and the skills to like make a real strategic difference in world conflicts and have people listen to you and whatever. And like, 
I don't know, maybe it's anti-feminist of me because there are so many amazing like female superheroes, but also like a lot of them are written by men. And so which make them not great characters. Right. So their limitations are obvious to me because I am an actual facts woman, despite not being a superhero. Mm -hmm. And also like imagine just, you know, deciding you want to make a difference and walking into a room and people just listen to what you're saying (laughs) instead of asking you questions and trying to undermine you and interrupting you and whatever, like, holy shit. (laughs) How great would that be? In any context. Because he's a man though. That like, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I get that. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, in a world where the superheroes that we know and love actually exist and we're like whole people and not written by men, like probably there are several of those ladies I'd love to take for a spin, psychically speaking. <laughs> or I mean, I suppose physically also, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I don't know. It seems like going from somebody who is so powerless and unremarkable to being so powerful and having a seat at the table and, and a voice that can be heard, like who wouldn't want that it's a yes it's great yeah. that is very true yeah and i mean you know he's a bit of a pain in the ass but he's that's like usually harness for good yeah i don't think i no i wouldn't call him a pain in the ass i think he's uh, a pain in the ass for people who like to take shortcuts or want quick way out but i don't think he's really a pain in the ass Oh, I mean, once he's a superhero, yeah. I mean, Steve Rogers, like, separate from Captain America, Steve Rogers was a colossal pain in the ass, right? Like, yes. you know. Yes. <laughs> he was always shouting at somebody about something, which, like, they deserved, but also, uh-huh. yeah. He could only be the thorn in somebody's side until he got big enough that he could just <laughs> deal with it. Exactly. Yes. No, that's a good answer. I like anyway, it. Well thought yeah. out beautiful yeah he's smart he's respectful he like understands what it is to be powerless so he doesn't take advantage of having power like but i think that's one of the reasons why people love that character so much it's because of those things no yeah yeah Yeah. and like yeah like the history of the character is fascinating and i don't know yeah i'm into it agreed yes also you know getting close with bucky barnes wouldn't hurt my feelings (laughs) 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 those two were great friends great friends yes yep yes do not go to any fan fiction sites and look up the shipping it's no that that would be wrong Uh so wrong. they are extremely platonic as a duo yes (laughs) they are best friends i mean whatever either way yeah the headcan is all good but <laughs> but yeah yeah good so answer. i liked it i you know i tried yeah. i took a whole two minutes to contemplate it <laughs> <laughs> so tracy if you could be any superhero who would you be kind of wish you didn't ask me that because it's a very different difficult question to answer <laughs> but also i want to be i want to be a person with like a relatively frivolous power just yeah. so I can have fun with it. Like oh. Jubilee or Dazzler or something. Or I'm just like, I make light sparkles. Ah. Oh, my actual superhero wish is to be Frylock because can you imagine if you could just explode like one centimeter of anything that you could see? Yeah. 
you imagine what sort of havoc you could wreak like on the CTTC if people were being rude or whatever? Like, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. No, oh. I want I want to be a traveling like disco right. party and wear glitter you... head to toe and, and stuff like that. Oh. I mean, I always thought it'd be really cool to be like Storm or something, you know, with like the powers of the weather and stuff and make sure I have like nice days that's all the like, time and everything. Like but... Excessive responsibility, though. Now oh, this, this is the problem. Change is like really, you know, working us like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might a storm might be perfectly rational for the thing you're doing, but did you just like accidentally fuck a farmer's crops for six months? Like, yikes! Exactly. <laughs> What's her name? Who's the new one? There's the oh no, that's the wrong one. There's new lady Iron Man who's also really cool. Oh, okay. what is her name again? Because yeah. so when they first introduced her, she's like, it's called she's called Iron Heart. Um, huh. and like, she's, she's like this super genius prodigy black woman, big hair and stuff. And like, she takes over the character. Oh, um, cool. and like, it's, I've, I've only read literally one comic of it and it was digitally. So I don't even have a, like, uh, like an actual comic book, Yeah, which is sad and depressing to me really. Cause sure. I don't know. Like I, I like, like with reading books on like tablets and stuff. I totally get it. I understand it, but there's a difference in the tactileness of flipping pages and the, you know, oh. seeing the things. I don't know. See, I would say those are two very different things because, like, having any book that I need in the immediacy, like on my phone, is amazing, and I love my Kobo. But like, if I have something that like has illustration, like a comic, like I would never want to read a comic on a Kobo. That seems terrible. Well, they, they used well, you can get like digital subscriptions to like um like Marvel. Oh no, I'm not saying you can't do it. There. I'm just saying it seems terrible. Yeah, like and that's that's the thing. Like for yeah, me, like comic, like anything with art, just like I love like I don't I'm not like a vinyl person, but if I really, really love an album, I will like buy the vinyl because MP3s like are nice, but I want to see the art and the lyrics and shit, right? Like exactly. Yeah. Um, but the the half the time now you don't even get that stuff when you buy vinyl or CDs anymore. You get like a picture on the front and then the disc, and you're like, oh, oh, okay. It's not fun. It's oh. so sad. Remember when you used to get like stuff? Like remember like there's like I think it's the information like the Beck album you got the book and had all the lyrics, but you also got like yeah. a pack of stickers with it and stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah. There's like a poster in the back and and whatever. Like woo. I just had a work situation where I needed to know something and I was like, literally the files and the internet cannot help me. What I need is the Caillou CD that I like put in a box and sent to storage because I don't have an office right now. It's like, fuck. (laughs) Like I just need to open it. I just need to like slip the little. Yeah. I had like, I had a, I had like three bakers boxes worth of them that sat next to my off, like next to my desk for five years. And I'm like, I just, need one of those and I didn't keep one of those because I didn't think I'd ever need one but now I even damn it <laughs> I can't believe Google fucked me that way anyway yeah yeah well that's yes. the thing with Google so, like Google's a really great tool and everything but, but sometimes people, if you don't know what you're looking for or don't know how to word it in a well, way that you'll or get people what you're haven't, for just like people haven't uploaded the information like yeah there's also that not, it's not there like yeah anyway this yeah is a lot, a, Extremely I mean, weird niche problem, but also yeah. like, God fucking damn it. 
<laughs> I mean, it's true. Like we think like everything's at our fingertips, but no, everything that's at our fingertips, somebody put there. Somebody and if somebody has hasn't put, there. put it, then it's just not there. The, right? ta- so- the number of times that like I, as the person in charge of a piece of music, have to seek out fans on the internet to figure out like some aspect of it is non-zero. <laughs> I hate it, but also thank you, fans. Yes, I stand into it, man. Yeah, the folks who like put that stuff on wikis and whatever, where I'm just like, oh, thank God, somebody knows because I yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I think I'm just like, no, I'm asking. Oh. This is the first time somebody's ever asking this question, and then you get like 10 million results in three, 0.8 seconds, and you're just like, oh, oh. okay, never mind. Click. Yeah, at least I got my answer. Awesome, you know. Yeah, it's good. I love it that way. Also, the other thing I love about this movie is the song Suzanne by Weezer. I think for years before that's this, I saw this movie, my friend, like they had already put out the blue album, I think. And Sarah was just like, Weezer's like the greatest band ever. And I was like, whatever, it's rock music. Then I saw this movie and I heard the song Suzanne and I was like, maybe I'll give him a shot. And I did. Right. All good. Yeah. Weezer is one of those bands that like, I do not believe I've ever owned any of their output, but also I somehow know it all. <laughs> it just kind of like happens. And like, you know, friend of the podcast, Leah has been my bestie for <laughs> years. <laughs> and, uh, but like, while we were busy living like amusingly parallel lives as teenagers in Toronto, we were definitely both at the same Weezer show. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I may have been at that show with you, by the way. So, you know. Did the opener not show up? So we stood in line for like three hours longer and then got into the show and then it was a whole mess. I have no idea. I went into several of their shows. Okay. Well, this one was a particularly memorable one because it was like a hot garbage mess. I believe it was. I've never never been to one of their shows where it was a mess. I went, I remember going to the one where they had the big W that was on fire. And we were like in the grass and we were feeling the heat. And I was just like, they're on stage beside this. Oh my God. It was nuts. Yeah. Yikes. That was, that yeah. was the one, that's the one I remember the most. Cause I remember just feel like, cause it's, it was most an amphitheater. Oh and yeah. You know how they have like the seating on a thing and then they have the grass. We were in the grass and we were feeling the heat. You should not be able thing. to feel any kind of pyro on the lawn. That is yeah. a safety violation of the <laughs> highest order. <laughs> it was so sure. wrong. We're just like, are they? They're dying up there, right? They're they're gonna die. And yeah. Was, yes. Yeah. At least they didn't keep it on for the whole show. It was it was on and off randomly for certain <laughs> parts of the songs and stuff. Right. So it was yeah. Fine, when the band but... members start to look a little tan, you just turn on that <laughs> that accelerant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yes. Anyways, but that's yes. that's all of my notes. I think we've managed to cover the things. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, it was such a like weird mix of like totally woke and totally disastrous because 90s, but it was like for a 90s movie, fairly enlightened. Fairly enlightened. Very little offensive things. Like, although there's- actually, actually, though, when we're on the subject of things that are somewhat like terrible. Because, uh, you know, what's his nuts got busted for nailing a 15 year old somewhere uncomfortable. But like but then the security guard was still there like when she was 18 and they were obviously together. And that was kind of skeevy. Was it that they were together? Or was, was 
he treating her like a daughter? Well, I hope not because she fucked him to distract him. She fucked him to distract. Wait, what? Didn't she? No. Yeah. Wait, maybe on the version you watched. Because remember, we watched two different versions. Because the one we watched, he she did not fuck him to distract him at any point. Oh, what happened to your version? Why did he not like bust onto the stage and deal with the love shack shit? <laughs> no, the so what happens was when the stage gets taken over and they're playing the video, the cops had already been called and a bunch of cops showed up and stormed the stage, not LaFour's. Well, and- no, but no, but I mean before that, before the cops showed up, like mm-hmm. she somebody Brody, I think, tells her to distract LaFour's and then yeah, no, no, she and the one I watched, she was sent home to get the tape. And when she shows back up, she, she just comes- hands it to 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 um Silent Bob. That, no, not Silent Bob. She gives it to um oh Jay. Again, yeah. yeah, to Jay to get to Silent Bob. Yeah, she yeah. Get to Silent Bob. And she's just like, you know what? I'm gonna go home because I'm afraid I think I know what you're gonna do with it, and I don't want to be around for it. And she leaves. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Somebody now I don't remember because I didn't take notes, but somebody like grabs her and is like, you have to distract that guy. No, she for sure. Like, yeah, no, no, no. She, she nails him. Yeah, I'm very happy. I didn't watch this version. Yeah, because she got, because at some point, like something happens, shouting starts or whatever. And he like pops up and then you see her hand like reach up and like grab him again. And then no, yeah. no, I no, that was no, that was. That was not a parental no. shit that was happening at her book signing. That was no, because in the end, like, so she takes he takes over her security at the book signing, and to me, it came across more along the lines of "I'm protecting I, this young impressionable I lady." Did not make that up. That was a different storyline in the extended yeah. edition. Here we are. Yes, yeah, and I think no, no, well, I think that was you, much more ex- sinister. I mean, yeah. it makes sense that in the original cut, they would make it not that one pedophile got busted and the other one gets yeah. a job because well, <laughs> that's gross that's very gross These yeah actual parental role models not because they do say it's that. just the next year but she's still only 16 and that's all i don't know whatever mm-hmm. i'm not thinking about it i don't want to think about it it's so i don't gross. know whatever her publishers yes. are going to hell all of it's terrible yeah but, but also yeah but it's true like they're her publishers gave her like $20,000 on like a treatment of the book yeah. she's going to write. But at the same time, like she's an underage child and you know what you're paying her to do. Right. Like, well, so she's not legally allowed to sign a contract, which means her parents must have signed off on it. So, well, they do. She does say that uh, they ask her if her parents know about it. And she's like, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, cause okay. they have to legally. It's still gross. You think it's still gross. It's 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 back, awesome. it's back to the adults taking advantage of a child instead of protecting them. Like, yes, she's a she's a smart girl and everything, yeah. but that's no reason to be just like, yeah, let her do whatever she wants because ill. Uh yeah, because whatever she wants and whoever she wants are different. Yipe. Yes. Yeah. Right. Also, what is the title of her book again? Because it's hysterical. Oh, that's a good question. Um, yes, it it's, was a uh, funny. Because um... also, like, I mean, you know, obviously she's got some things going on <laughs> and she needs some therapy, just like everyone else in this movie. But also, like, 
if you're only 16 and you've hooked up with that many dudes and like none of them could get the job done like dear jesus (laughs) how better for you honey seriously (laughs) i have no way to look this up in a way that it'll just come out no 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 it's fine it's fine it doesn't matter but (laughs) but i'm sad for her that her experiences have been so lackluster yeah because it did not look like she was having fun no and i mean to be fair like as a person who sometimes hooked up with teenage boys in the 90s they're not an impressive species so like i got you girl but because yeah, wasn't it wasn't she saying something like it was um boys between the ages of like 13 and 45 or something and i was just yeah like, yeah whoa no we're yeah. not doing this it's all yeah. kinds of wrong I mean, yeah, the teenage ones were bad enough, but yeah. Also, though, you'd think that the older men would have skewed it in a positive direction, but it didn't. No, no, <laughs> she still couldn't get good head or any head. Or any head. She was fishing way outside <laughs> the appropriate ages. <sighs> uh, so, anyways, um, I don't know why we're back on the subject again. But anyways, <laughs> listen, the 90s were rough. Apparently dudes weren't given head and uh, didn't know how to dress themselves. And girls were like stuffing themselves into button fly high waisted jeans and <laughs> generally being miserable. So <sighs> and they yeah. accepted this as life. And then they wonder was- why grunge was one of the most popular types of music in the 90s. Oh, yeah. But- <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. I'm fucking over it. And also I can like, you know, feel my legs again. Hey, <laughs> Um, yeah. so anyways, um, well, I don't, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else to say about these two movies. No. Do you have any final thoughts? I no. I mean, both excellent movies in radically different fashions and both somewhat trying to watch as a person who's no longer in the nineties, but experienced that on the first go around. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think I know I find Magnolia was trying to watch, but no, Mallrats, if you watch the oh. original theatrical cut, very easy to watch. Well, no, Magnolia was trying to watch when it came out and it was trying to watch now because that was like that's like the kind of movie it is. Mallrats, like it was trying to watch in the sense that, like, again, like I, I'm a grown-up now, so some burnout who's like yeah sleep we're going on vacation but sleep under the bed in case my mom comes in like eh, that's not gonna spark joy but but also it's like i'm rooting for you but also i kind of want to punch you in the face so (laughs) from my adult perspective this movie is slightly less charming than it was but also it's so fucking aggressively charming that i still love it to tiny pieces so yes yes i absolutely agree with you on all of the notes Uh, yeah. Look, if he, if also, he, I date. Yes, he's a cutie. He is, but he's also much more sensible than Brody. So, well, like, TS doesn't come across as a loser. Brody does, no, 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 no. and not because of his nerdiness. It's just he seems like an asshole. Like, no, he's, yeah, he's kind of a dickhead, and he's like pretty committed to doing the least. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, do you, bud? But don't drag a girl down with you. Exactly. And yeah. I don't know, but he ends I up on the Tonight Show it. and she ends up being the leader of her stand. So that I guess is that kind works of out. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It does work out well. It's great. <laughs> um, anyways, well, thank you so much for being here this week. 
always fun. Always fun. This was a particularly hilarious combination of movies. Yes. Um, I mean, it's no Dracula and Down with Love, but it's still... <laughs> It's well, still we, a whole situation. We still get to talk about, you know, fashion sense and very <laughs> questionable things with a young girl. So, yeah, at least this time, neither of them were like gunning for another decade. They were just like a massive product of their time. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. So, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I mean, historical I, accuracy. Yipe. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I, I like I did enjoy ish rewatching these movies definitely mall rats yeah. but magnolia was is just it's just stressful so enjoy is a strong term to use I, about rewatching it it's shocking to realize how much less anxiety i had when i watched that the first few times <laughs> and you're like hmm, i wonder what has changed since that time oh hmm. yeah yeah no i used to be a very chill person and then at some point yeah. Well, that stopped being true. <laughs> so <laughs> my last viewing of Magnolia was well on the other side of that line. Yeah. So it was a whole new experience. But a lot of beautiful act- and brilliant actors doing very terrible things to each other. And a yeah. p- couple of very cool scenes. Like the scene where, I didn't talk about this, the scene where the ambulance flips over and they show the guy being thrown and all the things coming out it's just a very the way they filmed it is very cool yeah. like they actually like tipped it and everything like to film yeah. it but it's very cool mm-hmm. was that whole that whole storyline was a little hannibal for me it was cool like yes. that was the kind of that kind of like slow motion intense disaster situation <laughs> that's mm-hmm. like that's what it made me think of yes that's good yeah well um thank you so much again for being here um yeah. always a pleasure uh well that's it for this episode of off my shelf until next time you can follow along on instagram and twitter at oh my shelf or you can send an email at oh my shelf at gmail.com on the next episode we'll be talking about the man from uncle and man on fire hope you'll be here to listen